Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning and welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Reed Mouse. Of course, I was the mystery. If I put my face on the thumbnail, no one would tune in. So we had to trick you a little bit. Sorry, we come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p. Eastern Standard. You can join us at YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. If you prefer us to join us in podcast form, please do. Just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. The legs defeated the Royals once again last night thanks to an explosive second inning. Five runs were scored off of four hits, and that was all they needed. Brandon Williamson gave up runs in each of the first three innings, but held on going five, getting his first career win. And once again, the bullpen was masterful, anchored by an incredible performance from Lucas Sims and, of course, Alexis Diaz, who's sharp as always. They tightroped out of trouble. And to help you guys, the Cubs dismantled the Pirates, bridging the gap in the NL Central for the Reds to just two and a half games. They're now two games under 500, that being the Cincinnati Reds. Ben Lively will go up against Daniel Lynch in the final game of the series. They'll go for the sweep before and off day tomorrow. Play three against the defending champs and Houston. And in other news, the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, which of course was a fraud because the Stars, our Dallas Stars, were destined to win the title. I digress. On today's show, we will talk about the surging red, the likelihood of them making moves at the trade deadline. Jacob has been working hard on the MLB Trade Value website, which is always very accurate. It's always a great source to figure out what your team can do. We'll see what's viable. Casey will show us a new stink list later, so we're excited about that. We'll also talk about Jonah Williams' spot on the Bengals roster. But without further ado, guys, Ham and Eggers, Paul, Casey, how are you guys on this beloved Wednesday morning? Uh, it feels great to be winners of yet another baseball game, Reed. The Cincinnati Redlegs went out there, and they just straight up dominated the Kansas City Royals last night. It looks like your Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Like this little Royals hat we got up here on the screen. So, I don't know when I got this Kansas City Royals hat, but I was going to wear it if they won. They obviously didn't. So, we'll just put it on the desk. It has, uh, as with all the clothes at my house, has dog hair on it. So, that's what it is. Casey, how are you today? Reed, I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic today. The chat wants to know if I'm at the top of the stink list, because apparently I stink. Are you an NFL quarterback? Could be. Should be. You see this arm? It's good. It looks pretty big in that medium shirt you got there. This is actually, I swear to God, this is a medium shirt. So the medium holds up. Should be wearing larges. This is actually a medium. You so. ran it through the dryer a few times. It's shrunk. It's now, it fits like a medium. This is the first time I've ever worn it. Straight from mm. Old Navy last night. Medium shirt wife bought wow. it for me. Jacob, Elliot, how are you guys doing? Doing great, Reed. Happy how, to be here. How's the MLB trade values going? It's going good. I just sent them over to Casey. Well, we have some good ones. We got some good, we have some good ones. Elliot, Zebra Zillionaires last night. Big winner. Hit. Big winner. We needed it. It only it only won half, technically, but it all it you know, when I when I looked at my winning ticket, it cashed. So it's green. I won. I'm if a winner. If you put money on it, you got a positive return. That's correct. Which you couldn't have said the first three days. That's correct. So I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to ride Zebra because he's over three. You know, eventually, you, you go up to the casino roulette table. You see the on the tower, the, the blacks have hit in a row. You're like, a red's going to hit eventually. So I was like, I'll ride Zebra today. Then I just ended up riding the wrong game. Just, I was I was locked on to what you said the night before. I I... 
got a little dyslexic and combined the two combined the two Z Brazilianaires parlays and uh so you lost. I did lose. That's unfortunate. So Mouse Millionaires is on is, is on a loser. Z Brazilianaires is is riding a hot streak. Well, uh, what was funny about that was I saw your screenshot because I was going in to like just check the interactions with the Z Brazilianaires tweet, and I went back and I looked at it and I saw your Betfred screenshot and I go, okay, well he wasn't trying to do the opposite because he just picked the wrong game, Correct. but he had the one pick. So I couldn't figure out if maybe there was a shtick that I was missing or something. I didn't even notice it until after I tweeted my, whatever my response was to it. Yeah. So I, I then I saw and then I noticed he had the uh, he had the Red Sox in there for some reason. So I said, okay. It was a good pick until it wasn't. Yeah, it was a good pick That's until how most it was. Yeah. yeah. You know, if if they would have scored more runs than the Rockies, yeah. it would have been a great pick. Thank you, Trent. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer on the mic, everybody. <laughs> it's hard to win games <laughs> in the NFL and still, what is it, hard to lose? It's hard to lose games in the NFL and still and win. still win. All right, guys, let's get into the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know how long we're going to be here. This is going to be, we call this boxed lunch style because no guests. We just shoot the breeze, talk Cincinnati sports for however long it goes with Tom out. He'll be back tomorrow, so we're excited for that, but... We're going to talk some Cincinnati Reds. And guys, instant reaction to the win last night. 5-4 to four over the Royals. The Royals are now the worst team in Major League Baseball as the surge in athletics have surpassed them. But a win's a win is a win is a win. You guys go for the sweep tonight. Instant reaction from last night's win. Jacob? Feels good. Feels good. The Reds are hot. Two and a half back, I believe, uh, in the division thanks to the Cubs. Yeah, no, it feels good. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz hasn't got a hit. Last two games, but he still makes a difference. I mean, oh, he's man. He's a steal, bust, isn't he? Stealing bases. You know, he's scoring runs. It's cool to see a guy that even when he's having an off day at the plate, he can still impact the game. Yeah, they uh, – a long time ago, my dad has, has been a – was a long-time baseball coach, still coaches to this day. And I remember being a kid and, you know, certain things that your family tells you just stay in your mind for forever. And I was growing up and he told me, he's like, even if you can't hit, even if you're having a bad day fielding, You've got to figure out a way to help your team win every day. And that's what Ellie De La Cruz is doing. For sure. I saw someone tweet, I believe it was Bryce Balding. I could be wrong. Maybe it was Reds and Four who, you know, frequent the Chatterbox Reds and, and whatnot. And they said, essentially, what are they, six and two since, the, since yep. Ellie has come up? In the Ellie era. In the Ellie era. And they feel as though if Ellie wasn't on the team, the Reds are sub 500. Yeah, couldn't agree more. That's the difference that he's already making in his first eight games as a Red Lake. Elliot. Uh, yeah, that was Bryce. Yeah, it was Bryce. I saw that too. Yeah, yep. yeah that was Bryce. Yep. How many hits did the, did the Reds have after the second inning? Because it was another great bullpen game for the Reds, and it's still hard to like name bullpen pitchers for the Reds. Like, I, it's still hard for me to name our relief pitchers. We had two base runners. Two base runners inning. after the second inning. Not great. So, But another win, another win in the books, another game closer to the lead in the division. So... I think what two and a half back, two and a half back. So yeah, well, great to be has. great to be a Reds fans. If anybody who bought the plus eleven hundred tickets, you're feeling good right now. So I was on the. I've been kind of consistently doing this the last week, where the game ends and I go to all the different websites and see. Yeah, that's good. I go to all the different websites and I see, hey, which which sites has which odds on which you know for the Reds. I watched the Reds pass the Cubs in real time. I watched the little the little ticker. The Reds were still below them on the line, but the odds were better than the Cubs to win the Central. Uh, yeah, so the Reds are now plus 750 to win the Central. The Cubs are fifth at plus 950. The Cardinals, 
I don't know if the Cardinals are good value or terrible value because of what they were preseason. I think it's good value. I, I, I almost think it is too. I, I think it's probably good. I don't know if the Reds are good value right now. I, it's hard. I always have trouble with futures when you're looking like that, and we're going to yeah. do a gambling segment later, so we don't need to spend too long on this right now. But I, I just – you look at what they were a week or two ago when they were, like, still in the thousands, and now they're down to plus 750, and they have a tough schedule coming up. I don't know if now is the time to pounce on the Reds, but if they keep winning, then you're going to look like a fool if they're down to, like, 200 in three weeks. Who knows? We're we'll getting ahead of ourselves. I what was, do you got to say, Reed? Well, I was going to ask somebody. <laughs> I was. People always talk about how bad the NL Central is. And here's the thing about the NL Central. Yes, the current lead in the NL Central is, what, two games over 500? So it's not great. But if you look at the teams and how they're performing, really only one team is underperforming. If you ask, if I told you before the season that in the middle of June – the Pittsburgh Pirates will be leading the division. You say, oh my God, they're overperforming by, overperforming by a mile. If I told you at the beginning of the season, in the middle of June, that the Cincinnati Reds would be two games under 500, you'd say, oh my God, they're overperforming. If I told you the Milwaukee Brewers would be a couple games over 500, middle of June, you'd go, oh, seems about right. If I told you that the Cubs, eight games under 500, go, sure, seems about right. It's only the St. Louis Cardinals that are changing the perception of the NL Central because they were so heavily favored preseason. You know, they got Hall of Famers on the corners. They've got a great team. If you made a, a roster of the All-Stars of the NL Central, there's still going to be a lot of St. Louis Cardinals on that starting lineup. It's really only them that are bad. So when people make the point like the NL Central is terrible, kind of. But it's really the St. Louis Cardinals are the team that are terrible. It's the only, it's really them. So I always push back on that when people say all the NL Central is terrible. The Cardinals were minus 118 at the start of the season. I don't know what book this is on. I'm just reading from an article. The Cardinals were minus 118 at the start of the season. Brewers plus 145. The Cubs plus 600. Pirates plus 6,000. And the Reds were 66 to 1. So... Casey, how does it feel in your first year of being a real Reds fan, a true Reds fan? They are having maybe the most fun season that the Reds have had in decades. I'm so glad you brought this up. I've been meaning to talk about this on the show. I am so lucky. Think about it, guys. Think about how lucky I am to have just skipped all the trash, right? I just skipped all of it, right? For years. For right. years. Terrible. And then I just join in at the right time when they're getting hot. They're fun to watch. And now I understand what, like all the Bengals fans that came from the Super Bowl and all those bandwagoners. I kind of feel I understand where they're coming from now. Like I, I get it. I, I understand why they do it. Because I mean, I'm always going to be a Reds fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a bandwagoner. But Sounds like you are. Sounds like you are. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a helmet, guys. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Reds guy, probably for life. I'm a Reds fan. Yeah. That's what I am. I'm a Reds fan. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah it's, been, it's been awesome. It's been a fun, enjoyable ride. Seeing where they started, where they're at now, and where the future's taking them, I'm very excited to be a Reds fan. Okay, I, let's do this. Paul? We talked about how the Reds are 
let's just say gonna gonna hit a tough stretch here, tough stretch of games. Yeah, they play their next five series against the Astros, defending champs, the Rockies, who aren't very good, the Braves, Orioles, and Padres. Okay, Whew. those so final three teams are good. the The Reds, the Reds' preseason win total was sixty five and a half. Yes. They are currently at what thirty three three. Okay, thirty three and thirty five. The Reds hit their win total by August 8th. Earlier. 66 wins by August 8th? Yeah. That's so, two months. So that would mean that they'd be 87 game winners? 86 game winners? Yeah. Oh, under. Or past that. Past that. You well, say, no. yeah. Jacob's. We are hitting the over in wins in the first half of August. We will have 66 wins in the first half of August. So you're at the halfway point Guaranteed. right now. You're at the halfway point right now. Right. 66 wins. Yeah. Two and a half months into the season. Right. If you take out our 7 so and 15 if you, start, if you, that is if not you a stretch. Have the exact same. If you double this, you'd, right. you'd break it right at the first, like right around Labor Day. We first started week of, 7 and 15. And we have been, I believe, four or five games above 500 since then. Right. So eliminating that start. Have you ever been on a roller coaster? It goes up and down, Jacob. <laughs> right now, it's just showing up. <laughs> that, that's, Fair enough. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. Because yeah, I'm going, now that th I'm going past. If you gave me August 18th, 10 days later, I'm still going past. Okay. All right. I would say first half of August. All right. August 8th, we're going past Elliot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take over. I'm going to take over August 8th. Okay, would you rather me say August 15th, one week later? Yeah, I guess I'd rather have that. Mid middle of August, I guess. Because I, I think the Reds always slump right after the All-Star break. It always happens. I think the Reds are going to slump at some point. Well, so is the All-Star break, is that week the most important week of the season? Because you get three games against the Brewers going in. Yeah. And then, then you have four days off. You go home. You fish a little bit. You listen to some music. You cook out. You get a barbecue. I don't know how many Reds are going to the All-Star game. They'll have plenty of time off. One. You come th four days <laughs> off. Then you get the Brewers again coming out of the All-Star break. And, oh, by the way, you have a few divisional opponents backing that up, too. But that is, that's a huge eight-day stretch with time off and six games against the, potential, the division favorites right now. For what it's worth, the Reds only have two series till the end of July against teams under 500. And one of them is the San Diego Padres. Oh, yeah. I apologize. Three. The Rockies. Rockies, Padres, and the Nationals at the beginning of the season. After the All-Star break, it's the Brewers, who are over 500. The Giants, who are over 500. The Diamondbacks, who are the hottest team in baseball, quite possibly. And then the Brewers and the, the Dodgers. So, three series. You only got nine games over your next, what, 35 or so? Against teams under 500. So it, if something is going to be made out of this season... We'll know in, four, in three to four weeks. You'll know by the All-Star break truly where the Reds stand. I said we'll know after that Brewers series right after the All-Star break. Because if they dominate us for six games there, the division will be out of reach, essentially. We, we, we could fall anyway. I mean, going into that series, we could be tied for the lead. We could fall you know, five, six games back, which is a hill that's way too, way too tall to climb. So I think those six games against the Brewers make or break the season for us. 14 games till the end of, to the beginning of July. So that road trip that I'm looking at right now, 
where you go to Washington and then Milwaukee into the All-Star break. So that's 14 games before that national. And we mentioned the five next series, the Astros, Rockies, Braves, um, Padres, and Orioles. What do you need to go in that 14-game stretch? 500. Seven and seven? Yeah. 500. Stay 500. So you'd ball. still be two under five? Yep. Two yep. under 500 going into that National Series. Yep, that's okay. We're, yeah. that, that would still put us in position. The, the National League's still not great right now. The Diamondbacks are leading the NL West. The, the NLE still is a, is a concern. The Mets are bad right now. Phillies are not good. Marlins are the second-best team in that division. I think we're okay. If we're just a couple games under 500, we're okay. Okay, between today and August 13th, I'll make that the end of the next series. That's a Sunday. Between today and August 13th, there are – 51 games on the red schedule. Right. There are a lot of games after the All-Star break against the NL Central. Pittsburgh, Chicago, Milwaukee. So 51 games, and the Reds are at 33 wins right now. So that would mean they'd have to go, let's do public math, 32 and 6, 32 and 19? 33. 33 and 19? Oh, to get to, to get over. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, 65. How many of those games? How many of the games till the till August 13th? Six uh, to August 13th, the end of that Pittsburgh series, 51 games. You go and I and I just added up. Only 16 of them are against teams under 500. Okay, so you'd have to go 30. And three of those games are against the Padres. Yeah. Well, there's your there, there's your there's your question. I, I'm gonna say no. They don't get to that by that point, but it. It'll be the middle of August, I think. I think they might need one or two more series after that. To I think it's going to be season. a lot closer than you think. 50 games, you got to go, what, 12 games above 500? Yeah. It's going to be a lot. I guess if they want to win the division, they got to do it. We, we are no longer – I think this, team, this current team is much better than this – I mean, it's been not, you know, we're 6-2. Mm -hmm. and two. It's been eight games, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I think this current roster is much better than 33 and 35 just because of the – just because of the people we were walking out there for the first start of the season. Like, we, we, the amount of games that we lost, you know, by a run here or there, just a fielding error here or there, that we will not lose in the second stretch because of the, you know, the young talent that's in there and still coming up. I think 10, 12 games about 500 in this next 50 game stretch is not that big of a, you know, reach. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm adding something up here. I got to ask a question about this. I saw Trace Fowler tweeted this out last night. So the Reds score five runs in the second. Brandon Williamson gives up one run in the first, two runs in the third or second, run in the third. He, he tweeted out, he's like, how many runs do the Reds need to score tonight to have you feel comfortable? <laughs> of course, they didn't score another run. Neither team scored a, another run for the rest of the game. But watching the game last night, for any of you guys that did watch, was that in your mind? Like, man, we're going to have to have eight tonight to, to win. Oh, I voted nine plus on that poll. <laughs> I, when Lance McAllister tweeted out too, and three minutes after Lance McAllister's tweet, if five runs would be enough, the Royals had scored four runs. Like, it, it's such a resounding no with this starting pitching. If we're not up, literally if we're not up five runs when the starting pitcher comes, you know, if the starting pitcher's still in the game, then you got to feel nervous. But it's crazy because the bullpen has pitched so well. And again, you don't know the names of these guys. Ian Jabot, that's our best guy. That's our guy. Great Britain. Diaz. Huh? Great Britain, World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Go Brits. I love Terry Potter. But no, I <laughs> I, th I mean, the Reds have a top 10 bullpen in Major League Baseball right now. Top 10. Yeah, no doubt bullpen. about it. There's you no can't name a player. So I, I, I think if you get to the fifth <laughs> inning, if you get to the fifth inning, the bullpen gives you a chance to win these games. So yeah, you're going to need to score... 
five. So let's say, you know, our, our starters give up a run an inning for the first five innings. Hunter Green, God bless him, he's not going six. So at that point, we score five runs. We give, we give, we give ourselves a chance to win every game. Bullpen will lock it down. So going back to really quickly, just, just about that question that, that Paul proposed, the Reds play 16 games till August 13th against teams that currently are under 500, 16 of 51. For frame of reference, the Reds have played over 16 games against under 500 teams in the past three to four weeks. Five of the last seven series are against teams that are currently under 500. So just something to think about that a tough road is ahead for the Cincinnati Reds and they're playing their best baseball. So that's where you want to go. You want to be training upwards going into this tough stretch and you find out what you're made of. But going back to what Elliot just said a moment ago about the bullpen. If I told any Reds fans, any Reds fans at all going into the season that you would not only feel confident with the lead late in the game, you'd feel overly confident going late into the game with a lead, which hasn't been the case for the Cincinnati Reds for years. You remember that 2021 team? Or was it the 2019 team? I think it's 2021 where they're blowing leads every single night. Yeah, Heath Hembry. Heath Hembry. Oh, Big game Heath. Yeah, they lost a lot. When Castellanos and Jesse Winker are legitimate MVP candidates early in the first half of the year, the bullpen was blowing games left and right. The complete opposite, showing that things come in full circle. The complete opposite is what's going on right now. If I told you guys as Reds fans, hey, on June 13th, you would feel overly confident going into the final stretch of the ball game with a lead. You guys would call me crazy. Yeah, I mean, I certainly thought the bullpen would be the weakest part of the team this year. I mean, I was hanging my hat on starting pitching coming into the year. I was yep. like, Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, hopefully Williamson and Abbott coming up. I thought starting pitching would be the strength of this team. And the bullpen, you'd be dreading, you know, 7, 8, 9. But now you're just praying we get there. I mean, like Alex Young, Ian Jabot, Buck Farmer, Daniel Duarte. I mean, these guys aren't like... Daniel Duarte was really throwing that ball last night. I know. He was dealing. Uh, Ricky Karcher. I mean, these guys, aren't, these guys aren't household names here. And somehow they're locking it down. They're keeping us in games. How much of that do you think is because early on when starters were just putting us out of the games early and they were just going six innings when nobody cared? How much do you think of, of, of it is that? I think it helps. I think it built yeah. you know, a lot of their confidence up. When we weren't very good at the beginning of the year, they were pitching six innings a night. Yeah. You just mentioned Ricky Karcher. I just wanted to thank him for his service. He was sent back down to AAA. Yeah, he did his Sad. best. He Sad did his day. best. He's a hero. That's did he do his best? He got a save. He Paul. got a save, Paul. He did something. Three outs and a save. I don't know if that was his best, but he did something. Do you think, I, that, I think that guy ever comes back? Yes. I genuinely do believe that was his best, though. That was the best he can get. Okay, so that was horrible, though. Well, look at his minor league stats. Yeah, I mean, I, he shouldn't have been <laughs> Same up. Same thing. <laughs> he shouldn't have been up. Which of these red starters do you think? Do you think any of them get moved to the pen once we start to get healthy? I keep looking at Williamson. Yeah? I don't see a world where you have three, I mean, just historically for the Reds. When have, when have we ever had three lefties in the rotation? True. Lodolo and, we, and Abbott look like, you know, fingers crossed on Lodolo, yeah. but they both look like they're going to be long-term solutions. Bullpen needs some lefty work as well. Ben Lively being thrown in the chat here. Yeah. I, a I, hell of a reliever. I think, I, think, I think some of them could be good in limited fashion. Put them, give them a couple innings in the bullpen, middle, long reliever. That's okay. Agreed. All right. So I've got a question for Paul. Yes. As our resident broadcast professional. Sure. Big league Paul, as we like to call yeah. him from time yeah. to time. As our resident broadcast professional, Lucas Sims comes in, gets 
a monumental strikeout late in the ballgame. John Sadak yells, barbecue sauce. Thoughts? Okay, so at first <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then I realized that our guy that was sitting right behind the plate had the Ted Lasso sign. So it played. Because mm. it was a Ted it's Lasso, a Ted Lasso, Lasso reference. reference. It's, it's a Ted Lasso. It's a Ted Lasso reference. I so, so he, the, the, the guy, I forget his name, the guy that was sitting right behind the, the plate for both games, he, uh, he had a believe sign that he was holding the whole game. So I, I'm guessing he just went and saw that and then and went with the barbecue sauce, which was great. So that plays. Now, if that had just come out of left field, I don't know. But it played because of the situation. His so name, I'm, a, I'm on I board. didn't know if it, it was a Kansas City reference. His name is Ryan Gall Gallenstein. Gallenstein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's been behind the plate the last couple of games, and it was great. Actually, Caleb No from Channel 9 tweeted out a back-to-back a, a -back of that. Um and, uh, yeah, I, it's fine. I'm not going to get worked up by it. How out of the cultural zeitgeist am I by not watching I only got Ted through, Lasso? I only got through season one. I started the first, like, three episodes of season two. I couldn't do it. Out on it. Ted Lasso? Yeah. I just Season one was, like, one of the funniest, best shows I've ever watched. And then season two was just not. So I, just, I stopped. I'll go back and finish it, though. I never watched it either. It Casey? I feel like that offended you. Yeah, it did. It hurts. It really hurts I, me. Season one was just legitimately like, I think I watched it all in one sitting. It was so it was so phenomenal that then I was expecting that in season two, and it just wasn't that, and I was, eh. Well, if you feel that way about season two, you're probably not going to like season three. No. Well, I mean, I'll, oh, I'll finish it. I think my <laughs> Apple subscription also ran out, too. So I, I think at some point it did become like a PSA show, though. It just became yeah. like, uh, like it was. They were just trying to give messages, opposed to like making a TV show. Yeah. Got too woke. Yeah. No, 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 no. Got too woke. No. Are you kidding? Oh no, no, Elliot. No. Oh no. That's not what I'm saying. I just felt like they were just trying to put subliminal messages in my mind, opposed to let's make it. Let's just make a joke. Because British people are naturally funny. Just let them. Just give <laughs> give them the keys. And I think they just kind of went a little too serious. That's okay though. That's okay. I still loved it. I finished it. So, so Elliot's firm in the camp that you can't be funny anymore. No jokes in today's woke society. That's not what I so said. So says Elliot Rearing. That's the not zebra. what I said. There's, there's two shows that I currently feel like I'm out of the cultural zeitgeist on that are brought up a lot. One of them is Ted Lasso. Need to watch Ted Lasso. One of them is Yellowstone. I won't watch Yellowstone. It's a soap opera, so I ain't going to do that. Oh, God. It's a soap opera. Let's not get into it. Uh, so you, you haven't watched it. It is literally a soap opera. I'm back and read here. It's, it's so good. It's Dallas. <laughs> it's Dallas with Kevin Costner. Dallas was awesome. It's also a soap opera. I don't, the new I'm not, Dallas. I'm not, I'm not into the new Dallas. That's Dallas. The one that was like eight years ago. Yeah. Not the old. I mean, they're soap both Soap operas good. regardless. They're both good. They're both soap operas. I'll throw a flag on that, but all right. Fair enough. All right. Have you guys ever had more fun watching the Reds than you guys are currently having right now? Absolutely not. No, I mean, no chance. Maybe the first two games of the 2012 series before we came back. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's the only thing that's close. I mean, the, every win feels like we're, you know, playing for a playoff spot, which we might be, honestly, right, right now. But, I mean, every win feels monumental which is great it's the combination of having very little expectations you know expecting to you know lose 100 games <laughs> and cut leading the league and comeback wins and every game seems to be down the wire nail biter either coming back or having the bullpen save the day 
that it just has to be so exhilarating that every game you're locked onto, and when the Reds do lose, you're like, ah, they're supposed to lose a couple. So you don't feel bad when they do lose, and you're exhilarated when they do win. I don't want to be a prisoner in the moment here because I was living in D.C. back in, in these years, but you're telling me in 2010 and 2012 when they won the division and then obviously 2012 what they did, you're, you're telling me nowhere in there they were more fun than this? I don't know that the lineup was more fun than this. If you're using the word fun, I don't think it was more fun than this. I don't know. I think it was definitely, it was probably, but I was a, I was a kid. I was right. 12 years old at that time. So it was probably, it's different for me now. I mean, they, Jay Bruce wasn't stealing bases and, you know, running and Will Benson doesn't know how to track a fly ball, making a diving catch every other play. Like, this team is fun. Let me. That team was better. The 2020 team, there's an argument. I had a lot of fun yeah. watching the 2020 team. Oh, that's, a, that's the forgotten year. But that was supposed to be initially our window right that was supposed to be our the 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 reds championship window after the rebuild obviously covid kind of ruined it and mike moustakis the new guy shout out that guy stinks but i I think i I think this team right now is bringing just absolute electricity to the city and i don't think that has happened in a long long time i mean if you have to go a decade back to find something close I mean, so so to answer Paul's question, and I'm not a Reds fan, but it does seem like part of the fun is the fact that, you know, they're not supposed to win every game, but they, they, they just keep coming back. They keep, you know, they like I said, lead the league in, in comeback wins, and then the bullpen clamps it down when they do have a lead. I feel like expectations can rob you of joy when watching your favorite sports team because I've experienced it. Bengals fans are soon going to find out what I'm talking about. The first run of to the Super Bowl, I'm just going to tell you, might be more fun. And in fact, I will go and stamp a flag and say that it will be more fun. That run to the Super Bowl, going 10-7, and seven, winning the playoff game against the Raiders, and then beating the number one seeded Titans, beating the Chiefs, and then having going down to the wire against the Rams in the Super Bowl will be more fun than if the Bengals ever take over and win the Super Bowl. I truly believe that because I experienced it. I don't want to bring it up as a Cubs fan. The 2015 team as the Cubs, when they were only supposed to win 80 games, they end up winning 97 and go to the NLCS. I had more fun watching them than I did watching the 2016 Cubs because the 2016 Cubs were the best team in the league the entire year. So when they lost, it wasn't a whole lot of fun. Now... As the Reds continue to gain expectations, or as the other team in this town, the Bengals continue to gain expectations, the Bengals could go 11-6 and six this season, which is, by every stretch of the imagination, a good year. But it would feel like a letdown. In two years, when this team has plenty of experience, say the Reds sneak out the division this year. And then next year, the Reds win 88 games. Won't be a whole lot of fun. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I, I'm 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 with you, Reed, because I remember back in 2012 with the Nationals. The the, the in 2011 the Nats had, were good, but they weren't great. They were just right on the cusp. And then 2012 they were fantastic. I think I think they had the best record in the league that year. And then they uh, lost in the first round of the playoffs. But that mm-hmm. year everybody was like, okay, it was the first time the Nationals had made the playoffs. It was just it was you were along for the ride. It was fantastic. From there through the rest of Harper's career, it was just. All right, let's get to the playoffs. They missed it in 13. Then they lose to the Giants in 14. Harper wins the MVP in 2015, but Papelbon gets in the fight with them. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. They missed the playoffs. 2016, 
they lose again. And you're just beating your head against the wall. And it's like every year you have these expectations, and because you're a good team, you're not riding that wave of fun, and everything short of the goal is a disappointment. Correct. And then in 2019, they stink. It's Correct. May 20, right. It's May 24th, and they're 19 and 31. They suck. They suck. And you're just like, all right, this season, is this a wash? Ryan Zimmerman's getting old. What are we doing here? Then all of a sudden, they just have the best season of all time from May 24th until the end of the year. Get a little lucky in the wild card game. Juan Soto slaps a ball in the right field. They go on. They win the World Series. I fully, I'm fully on board with the take that when you have expectations as a franchise, every single season from now until the end of Joe Burrow's career will be a disappointment if they do not win the Super Bowl. You can disagree with that, but it's the right take. I'm sorry to say it, right. but it's the right take. Every single year... This Bengals team, as long as Joe Burrow is the quarterback, will go into the season with Super Bowl expectations. There is, and if the, if it's if, if you don't, then I don't think you're you're looking at the Bengals the right way because every single time that Joe Burrow steps on the field, he gives you an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And now here we are with the Reds, where I don't think they, I don't think this is necessarily that year. I think this might be like what I was just talking about with the 2011 Nationals, where. They're a lot of fun, and then maybe next year is that 2012 year where they really burst onto the scene and everybody's up here for an entire season. You don't have that 7-15 and 15 start that you got to constantly go back. Well, if we didn't start 7-15, mm-hmm. and 15, if you go back and you say, all right, we did that for all, the course of an entire season next year, they go wire to wire. You know, right. you, you never know. But then you get into 2025 – it's like, all right, are we going to have World Series expectations this year? And then anything short of that with Ellie De La Cruz is a disappointment. You got to ride the wave. Expectations are the demise. The expectations in sports ruin a fan's life. Correct. And you want expectations. You want to have a good yes. team because you want to, you know, topple the mountain. But the initial wave is more fun. And Everett brings up a good point in the chat. He said, "Did no one have fun watching the Bengals last year?" Here's the thing. Do you remember the first couple weeks when the Bengals start 0-2? What did they start? What, 2-3? and Yeah. Those beat down the expectations. The goalpost before the year was, we got to get back to the AFC Championship game. We've got to compete for the Super Bowl once again. And then they start 0-2, 2-3. And you just, you grab that axe out and you start chipping down the tree that is expectation. You're like, all right, let's just, let, let's scramble back. Let's just get back into the postseason and see what happens. And, of course, they go on a run and are maybe the best team after um, the Browns game on Halloween in the NFL going forward. So we're just saying, I, Paul, I know, has brought this up. He does a lot of stuff with Xavier. Obviously, you know, went to Xavier, so he's got a lot of passion for that, for that team. And he, he mentioned to me one time, he's like, I don't know if I'll ever have as much fun as I did this year. Because the expectations really weren't that high going into yeah. the year. And they were great all year. Yeah, it's a little bit different now with the transfer portal where you get a new team basically every year. I mean, Xavier's going to be the Conference USA All-Stars plus a couple more guys next year. So it's a little it's a little different when there's so much turnover as opposed to the professional ranks where you're going to have the same team year in and year out. And, you know, I, I, looking here at the chat, like, it's not to say – it's not to say that you can't have fun year in and year right. out, but I think I, I forget who said it. I want—I think it was Drew Garrison. I want to—I want to give the the credit here. Yeah, Drew made the point last year. It felt like knocking off tasks on the way to the ultimate goal. 
you can have fun doing that mm -hmm. along the way. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not fun, but the, you feel so much greater disappointment than when I was sitting there at Mad Tree watching the, the Bengals beat the Raiders and, and I'm sitting there, you know, shaking because I'm thinking, are they actually going to do this? Is this going to happen? And they do it, and then everything else from there is gravy. Now you're going into the Bengals season. You're worried about everything else. You're worried about beating the Chiefs. You're worried about doing all this. You want to you, – our goal for this season, get the AFC Championship to pay for. I mean, three years ago, what, what are we even talking about right. here? I think to boil this down into one take, Paul just alluded to his story about watching the Raiders beat the Bengals. Every single one of you Bengals fans know exactly where you were when you watched – the Bengals beat the Raiders for the first playoff win in 30 years for the Bengals. You will never have that joy again. First round playoff wins are no longer a joyous a moment. It is the expectation. Yeah, you can have fun watching it, but it will never feel like it did when they beat the Raiders. And that's the point that we're making. After you clear those benchmarks, it takes years to bring, those, bring the water level back down. Two years ago, winning the AFC North was the greatest thing of all time. Last year, winning the AFC North was a deep sigh and a thank God we pulled that out. Let's go on to the playoffs. Right. Like, that's, that's what you – like, going into Kansas City two years ago was, holy cow, we're in the AFC Championship game. Whatever happens, happens. Last year, it was, we got to win. Like, that, that's exactly what you mean. Like, you – it is – I mean, crossing off tasks is the best way to explain it. You enjoy it at the end – in the sense of, wow, that team was fun. Look what all we did. I mean, I don't really enjoy it as much in the moment. It, it's, you know, just stuff you got to do. Casey, you haven't had a chance to talk in a while. Any thoughts on, on the current point of conversation? Yeah, um, I'll say this. Dollar in the jar. The Bengals, when they went to the Super Bowl, I did not enjoy it as much as other people did because I – knew what we had. I believed in them so much. I knew yeah, they were going to win that game against the Raiders. I knew they were going to win that game against the Titans. And then from there, it was a, you know, we had already beaten the Chiefs once, so I was confident going into that game. And then when we won, I was, at that point, that's where I was like, oh my goodness, we are here. We've, this is it, right? But that whole journey up until that point, I almost expected it, you know? And then this last year, I expected everything. So I, unlike a lot of people, I have not really enjoyed, or I've not tried, I have not done a very good job of just soaking in what they've done. And that will certainly affect me in the future for sure, because I know if they don't do well this next season, like if they're not competing for first overall in the AFC, mm -hmm. I'm going to be disappointed. I will be. I yeah I think Casey makes a great point because sitting there at Madry watching that Raiders game I felt a whole lot different than the nervousness I felt in the stadium for the Ravens game Correct, this year right. where I was holding my breath the entire time and you're going into the fourth quarter I, I I was looking at my friend that was sitting next to me and I go they're not gonna win this game like yeah, the way they were getting, playing yeah, and if, we were getting disappointed and and if if Sam Hubbard doesn't run that ball back. They're not winning that game. I mean, the Ravens, I hate to say it, but the Ravens deserve to win that game with the way they played. 
And because of the way the Bengals just make things happen and their skill, they made it happen and they won the game. That's not to take anything away from the Bengals, but if you're just going to look at who played a better game in that game, I think a lot of people would tell you that the Ravens probably deserved to win that wild card game. But hey, the better teams can make plays when it matters, and that's what the Bengals did. But the dread that I felt sitting there thinking to myself, are the Bengals going to lose this wild card game to the Baltimore Ravens at home? was a whole different ball game and a whole different feeling than what I felt just along for the ride against the Raiders. I, I will say this, another do dollar in the jar. God, the dollar, the jar is just, where, where are we going on vacation, fellas? <laughs> that final play, you know, I, I was disappointed because I thought he had scored. And I didn't even get to appreciate Sam Hubbard going down and scoring Oh, did first. you turn around or something? <laughs> Well, no, I was just like, that's going to get called back. He made it over. Like, I, I was uh, in the stadium, and I'm on the opposite side of the – like, he's running towards us. So I can't see what's going on. I just assume that they scored, right? I didn't look at the refs. I'm just like, ah, come on, guys. There's no way this stands. And then they score. I'm still not seeing any of the refs score – or, you know, throw their hands up on the other side of the field for a touchdown. Seeing them throw it over here on our side, I'm like, this can't be – this can't be real. And then I got excited. But I, as a fan, I struggle taking in With having fun. With having fun. I get too – I'm too involved. And I'm not really involved. But I put, I put my time, energy, and effort into loving the teams that I sometimes forget to take in the moments. I think the point that we're all, that we're all tiptoeing around to segue this back into what the topic started as is – the ride that the Reds are currently having is so fun. The expectations are in the basement. You got all these young guys playing well. And they're winning dollar in the jar ball games. 23 <laughs> come from behind wins. An electric bullpen. So the question is now, do you go? And get a piece? Do you go and try to help out this starting pitching, which is terrible? I think Paul said before we went live today, third worst in the league, right? Third, third worst. worst. Third worst starting rotation in the league. Hunter Green's been great. We've seen moments of Nick Lodolo, who's currently on the IL, be great. But he also had moments of being terrible. Same with Graham Ashcraft. Andrew Abbott, through two starts, has been great. But everyone else has just kind of been piecemealed into supporting this staff. And this bullpen's going to get tired. So I put Jacob to task because I knew he knew a thing or two about MLB trade values. And I said, hey, Jacob, what are some trades that the Reds could make to help bolster this starting rotation? Jacob, what did you find for us? Now, I'll tell you right now, some of these obviously more realistic than others. You can't ask me to do anything on trade values when the trade values are absolutely ridiculous for some players. Right. So I did the best I could, but I sent Casey some options here. Casey, you want to throw the first one up? Yep. Here we go. We're, uh, we're taking Reed's Cubs. We're taking Drew Smiley. Reed, what do you think? So I gave a couple of names to, to Jacob. And, and let me caveat MLB trade values as it is, it is what it is, right? It's a, it's a fun site. It's not grounded in any reality, really. But it does give you at least a parameter of saying, like, are these possible? 
And the reason I said Drew Smiley is he's in, he's about 34 years old and one time was a top prospect has bounced around. He's reclaimed himself in Chicago. He's pitching great. You know, he had a perfect game going into the eighth inning. And of course that, that crazy play that happened a couple months ago, he's got a low three ERA, but the key piece to Drew Smiley is, is two. He'll eat up a lot of innings. He'll get you into that sixth inning more often than not. And then secondly, you got the rest of this year and another year of control for a decent value on the contract, right around $10 million. So if the Cubs are tra are sellers in a month and a half, Drew Smiley's absolutely someone. If the Reds want to help out this team, not only for the end of this year, but going into next year when they really can compete, why not add a veteran piece to the rotation in Drew Smiley? I agree. No, I think it'd be a great trade. The team control that you touched on is, is the key. I, I don't imagine the Reds are trying to rent anyone here. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the team control is huge. So AJ Worth says, Smiley, question mark, we're coming for Stroman. The thing about Marcus Stroman is, yeah, he's on contract for another year, but his price tag is going to be higher, and he's got a player option, which, considering he is truly a, one of the Cy Young candidates here in the National League, that he's going to opt out. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So you need to have player control. He's also what, a ground ball pitcher, which I don't know how much I want to contact pitcher in Great American Ballpark. That is true. He has the highest ground ball rate in Major League Baseball. I think it's like, I'm not going to give numbers, but I, I, it's near the top. He leads the league in the terrible stat that is quality starts, but it is a stat nonetheless. Other trades, Jacob. I'm not sure what order the list is in here. so one of the I got a list. Here's the order. you throw it up there first. <laughs> yeah, All I'll right. This was Elliot's suggestion. For Cobb. For Cobb. Yeah, Alex Cobb, Alex Cobb plays for the Giants, veteran pitcher. Uh, Giants, I don't think, will be in it come the trade deadline. So I think they're going to be looking to, to move some pieces, especially some old veterans. Jacob threw the name Anthony Disclafani, maybe a reunion there. But I do think, I do think the Giants will be sellers, uh, or at least we will be looking to sell at the deadline. I think that's an option there. I, I personally don't love this trade, but it's a big name. Would get in the rotation, would certainly help. Um, you know, the team, he, he, he eats innings. I mean, he, he, he's not going 4.1. Yep. So it would definitely be nice, nice addition. Is, but is there team control of Cobb? Yeah. Yep. At, at least one more year. So I, I personally don't think that the Giants are going to be sellers at the deadline. They're currently in a playoff spot. They're in the, the much more highly contested NL West, currently above the Padres, who you think is going to figure it out at some point. And you got to think that the Diamondbacks are going to come back down to earth. The Giants still are in the mix for the postseason. I don't know how how true this is, but you know we're having fun. What's the next trade? The next trade. Next we got Lucas Giolito, and this one excites me. This this one excites me. Yeah, you're not giving up a whole lot. I think Jake Fraley's gone at the deadline either way. Um, yeah, yeah, I really like this one. So I threw this name out because I was giving Jacob just some prospects to look at. And I threw Lucas Giolito out. And collectively, Elliot and Jacob said, why would we want Lucas Giolito? Is it, doesn't he suck? Now listen, Lucas Giolito in about 2018 did suck. Ever since 2018, the last three of the last four seasons, he has been top 10 in Cy Young voting. He's back to a 3.5 ERA. Strikes a lot of dudes out. He's still got a year and a half of player control. He's at arbitration. He's on the second year of arbitration. And then you got one more year after that. I, now that was just based off his baseball reference page. <laughs> quote unquote host. <laughs> I love that. But uh, Lucas Giolito, if the if the Reds could get Lucas Giolito, that is another just fantastic cornerstone 
of the rotation, which I think if they're going to make a move, it's got to be someone along this, along these lines. Player control, got talent, can get you deep into ball games, can help the young pitchers out. Second best Italian to play in Chicago recently. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I, I was out on Giolito when you threw the name out originally, but those numbers were way better than I expected. I think the White Sox being you know, the, the face of irrelevance for the last you know, five years has made me forget about Lucas Giolito, and he, he's a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, the, the White Sox, not to I'm, – I'm saying this, obviously, as I've made a big shtick about you know, hating the Reds. The, the White Sox are the place of worry when you're building up a huge stockpile of talents, right? Everyone points at the Astros and the Cubs because they were able to push past the mountain and win. Obviously, the Astros are still churning out championships as they won last year. The White Sox were in that same category. Yohan Moncada, Luis Roberts, Eloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, all these young guys coming up at the same time. And injuries and lackluster play, amongst other things, have prevented them from getting over the hump, and they've just been kind of the face of mediocrity for the past few years. Next trade. This is going to get get the people excited. <laughs> it's Jonathan India for Shane Bieber. Oh, God, where's Evan? Why, why aren't we making a splash trade? Let's get an ace. Hunter Green is your day two pitcher? Oh, boy. Luke, uh, Lodolo, day three? Whew. I, I would actually do this trade. I think that's actually more realistic than one would think. I think that's a realistic trade, and I think we could do that trade. Oh, I think this is a very realistic trade. I mean, I know we were talking about the who, – who do we say was second baseman for the Indians? He's Andre Jimenez. Damn good player. Damn who good had player. a 7.2 war last year. Well, India can play the outfield for the Guardians too. Yeah. So, I, I want Shane Bieber in Cincinnati Red. What's the control on Bieber? A year next and a half. Year. We, we would get him next year. Yes. It's, a, it's virtually the Trevor Bauer trade. It is. Like it it's is the same exact in, contract. Right. All right. It's, it's, it's all of the things. So I think that's what, the same thing with Lucas Giolito. That was – Drew Smiley is on contract. He's not under – he's in arbitration or anything like that. But all of these trades that I think, if you're going to go after it, have to have player control, like I've said a billion right. times. And uh, so I'm listen, I think that the Indians are going – the Guardians are going to get a much – bigger haul. I think they are looking to get true prospects. Like, let me put it this way. The Yankees, Dodgers, those teams are the teams that make big splashes for Shane Bieber. If the Reds are actually in the running and they're going to have to give up a prospect. Jonathan India and, you know, a, a, a BC-tier prospect for Shane Bieber isn't going to cut it. And then in that scenario, I am out. So, right. that's that's why, you know, this, you know, just for fun. I, I would be so in on India for Bieber, though. Right. Do we think that Jonathan India denied our friend Evan an autograph? Do we think he hit a foul ball and maybe <laughs> hit him right in the face with a foul ball? Evan's just a realist. Did he run over his dog? I don't know if I've ever seen somebody with a vendetta against a player, a very good player like Evan and our, our guy, Jonathan India. Evan, I was trying to like Jedi mind trick him yesterday because he was tweeting out into the void about Jonathan India. <laughs> and I was just basically essentially telling him, like, yeah, that's a great move. You should do that. Go ahead and do that. Just saying, like, the Cub, the Reds hater is, is on your side. So where are you at with that one, Evan? And uh, he basically just tweeted me back. He's like, I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> I don't know what to do. 
But uh, I think Jonathan India is a piece you got to move if you, if, if you are wanting to make any move at the deadline. I think that is piece number one that you got to move. But Elliot, uh, what are you committing to for likes here? We yeah, have 39 yeah. likes. Like the stream. Please like, like it. And if you don't know how to like it, it's the little thumbs up there. You hit the thumbs up. I will go to a pet store and I will buy a frozen cricket and I will eat a cricket. Ooh. That's that's. I will eat a cricket for how many likes? A hundred likes. A hundred likes. I'll eat a cricket. Mm. I like that. Is that a good one or not a good one? No, that's a very good one. I don't. I, know. I don't like a, bugs. A I'm a single picky you eater. Eat a hundred crickets? No, oh God, no. No. Hang on. No. Uh, a single cricket though. I, I'm kind of with 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 with. Uh, Jacob All right. I'll here. eat two. I'll eat, is too I'll, high, eat, I'll eat two. Cricket. I'll eat two crickets. Let's. Speaking of crickets, let's get the office. A pet. Let's get an aquarium pet. Let's 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 get us a lizard or something yeah. like that. We'll take care of like that. <laughs> we need something that's extremely low maintenance. Right. Like, yeah. Like a goldfish. It needs to be. No, alive. no. You got to feed a goldfish. There's no chance we could keep a goldfish alive. Well, you got to feed every animal. What about a snake? You got to you feed it once every gonna, two weeks. I was gonna say a snake. Are we allowed to bring a snake in here? They don't. Have we to had a snake in here. What would Tom we do? Got a snake in what here. would? <laughs> <laughs> what would Tom do if he came back tomorrow? And on the desk right in front of us that spans the entire office, there is an aquarium with a light and a six-foot ball python just sitting right in the middle of it. What would Tom Brennan do coming in that, that day? That's, Holy Moses. <laughs> what, what is going on here? We need a rally snake. Casey, I, I heard that jab, by the way. Do we have any more trade -off? I think we had one more. We had one, one more. more. One more. One more. Sling it our way. All right, here we go. This is another name that I was not – I don't want to say wasn't interested in when you threw it out originally, but it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a struggling pitcher. That's all I'll say about this one. So Eduardo Rodriguez, struggling is a loose term considering he's got a 2.13 ERA and uh, won 19 games on that. Apologize, won 19 games in 2019 for the Red Sox, was a part, has playoff success with that Red Sox team that won back in 2018, which for my count is probably the best team that we've seen in the past 25 years, but I digress. He's got a two-point, leads the American League in ERA. He's going to be a trade piece. Here's the caveat of Eduardo Rodriguez. He is on control for four more years till 2026, making $18 million a year. 16, Actually, $18 million next year, then $16 million from there on out. So you're going to be committing a lot of money for Eduardo Rodriguez, but I go back to it. You got to have a veteran arm somewhere on this team. You can't you can't have 25 and 26 year olds playing if you 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 want to pitch in the NLDS, the NLCS. You got to have one arm that you go, hey, you got some playoff success. You pitched a lot of innings. Eduardo Rodriguez is is something. I don't know what his value is. Because I think that that big contract is something that will de defer deter a lot of teams. But if the price is right, which is also the best game show, daytime game show, if the price is right on Eduardo Rodriguez, why not? Are you willing to give up $17 million, commit $17 million on average a year for him? If he can have a sub-3 ERA and go past the fifth inning, yeah, very easily. Um, so he only threw 90 innings last year. In 2021, threw 157. 2019, he threw 200. So you're getting about 150 innings out of this guy, out of a lefty. It's already got 67, leads the American League in, in ERA. I mean, again, it circles back to what do you have to give up. 
And with a contract like that and where the Tigers are right now, you, you, you think it's probably not a whole lot. So, I mean, yeah, you'd be in, but, I mean, everything just has to be for the right price. Absolutely. All right, I think that was the last, last trade. That was the last trade. All right, so we got right here to 11 o'clock. Guys, let's do a little... Can I actually do one last thing before we go Casey, on to the Reds? yes, let's you're the producer. Go. It's we'll your show. So I, I was just messaged by Alexandria McAllister, and she asked, because she wants to go to a Reds game, mm -hmm. and we're going to Zoo Night, which is also a night where you get a bobblehead, right? So you have to specifically buy one of the, one of the seats that are, you know, available is... for it, which means that we're going to have to pay... You're going to get the Fritz bobblehead. Yeah. Okay. We're probably going to have to pay like $49 a piece per seat. And she asked me, how do you feel about getting an all-you-can-eat pass with one of those tickets? It's $25, right? $25. So wait, why do you have to get the $49 seat again? The, the bobblehead is exclusive. Oh, okay. It's not a stadium giveaway. Okay. So, so, so I you're paying am... $49 for a bobblehead. Where's yeah. the seat? It's in the the bottom, uh, bottom bottom row of the of the first bowl, and it's like one thirties, anywhere from anywhere from the left or right foul line. So it's in the outfield. Yes, I mean you could get you could get pretty close to. What does a Fritz bobblehead go for on the open market? Yeah, on eBay. If you went on eBay and got a Fritz bobblehead, how much is that going to cost? Is that you? cheaper than forty nine dollars? Yeah, probably. But I mean, no, we're going to we're going to go. We're going to go regardless. So, we're already down the hole 98 bucks. So, you already bought now, those tickets. Yeah, I'm just theoretically saying should we get the all you can eat? It's $25 for all you can eat hot dogs, popcorn, soda, that whole nine. That's not the the one where it's like you get five tickets for hot dogs and I think that's what it is. I I, don't know. Oh, it's, that's what it is. It's yeah. Or you get like more a, than five. I don't believe it is a true all you can eat. Yeah, it's like it's like five. It's like five hot dogs, popcorn. Oh well, I'm chips, completely soda out on that. Then would you have eaten more than five hot dogs between my wife and I? No, but you would both you'd get to, it. You'd have to pay for it each. Yeah. Well, the idea is, do we only get one or two? So oh yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. So you no, get a total of ten hot dogs. You would you get. get two. You would pay fifty dollars. This would be a fifty dollar yeah. expense. Yeah. That. Never mind. That this is not as. Uh, Enticing? Enticing, as I thought it was. Flip the bobblehead for the all-you-can-eat. Ooh. I mean, we're going ha to have two bobbleheads because we're going to buy two tickets. 25 bucks a pop. All right, Casey, let me, if you haven't bought the tickets already, let me, let, me try to, let me try to convince you on something. Mm. Do what you want. It's your money. Get yourself the cheapest seat in the house. And whatever, you're, you're going to have to pay 98 bucks for these tickets if you get these tickets. So say you get two $15 tickets. In for thirty bucks, that gives you sixty dollars. You walk up to a couple at the game, and you say, "Here's forty bucks for two Fritz bobbleheads." You find someone with two Fritz bobbleheads. You try to give them twenty bucks each. Do you think you get them? I don't know, man. Because then the, you're the, the, then the, you're saving like thirty bucks, and then that pays for your all you can eat. I don't know, man. Because the hippo community is is. They're they're crazy, man. Are you a Fritz or Fiona guy? I'm a neither. How bad uh, do you need this? What? I'm you want a Fritz? You're out on hippos? I was a Kendi guy. Oh, what? The rhino at the same time. Fiona's a marketing ploy. Well, yeah. Fiona's That's a... all she is. She's, Fiona she's a sellout. Come on. They're trying to brainwash us from Harambe. 
A lot of people forget about Harambe. I don't. Never. It's our sweet prince. Who that forgets about Harambe? No, that is true. I, constantly, people are not talking about Harambe. Yeah, not it's enough. The, and it's the people, too. You know the people. I know. But, I know the people. Yeah, the people just forget about him constantly. I'll, I'll see all those hippo posts. And they act and they act like he's not even there. Like, he, they didn't, you know... I, I won't say what they did to him because he's our sweet prince, but... He's no longer with us. I mean, okay. How long have you been on the show? This is the first time we're talking about Harambe. That's true. Yeah. That's we need true. to do better as people in the media to push yeah, the true. Harambe agenda. I got two big things. I'm glad this is this is bringing Prada. This is this is Paul. We have never Paul. talked about this, and I'm glad this is a perfect opportunity. One, has it ever been talked about how the kid got down into the thing, Didn't like into the, the into the little moat? And he fell so into the pen. Yeah, he fell, but that's like a 15 or 20 foot fall. And he For was a young fine. kid, that's going to hurt. That was a long way, and he was just like running around. He was fine. Is well, that he wasn't running around. The he was getting was dragged around. Through the, yeah, but he the looked. He, but there were, there were points where Harambe was not dragging him, and he looked fine. Like if, if you're a, what, seven, eight year old kid? Yeah. You don't. That's a long way. So. Time out. Alex Hines, Alex McAllister, just came in the chat, and she said that she bets that we couldn't pick out Harambe oh, in a yes, picture of all the girls. Oh, that's absolutely Are you false. Me? Yes, There's... I could. You I do did it. So yes, I did it at the zoo the other day. You get, usual, you get usual suspects lineup at the at the police station. I'm behind yeah. the two-way mirror, and you get six yeah. gorillas. I pick out Harambe every time. Every single time. I pick Kaiser Soze without a second thought. Damn right. I love that you he's, like he's, Harambe is the one that's bleeding. Who's the main? Who's who's Kaiser Soze in that movie? I'm not gonna say no spoilers. No, I mean like who's the actor? Or I guess uh, who's that is that's a spoiler. Okay, whatever. It's thirty year old movie. Your favorite actor of all time, Kevin Spacey. Damn right, he's a great actor. Bad guy. Go on. Okay. Kanye Spacey. So yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> So how did Addison they? Russell. So, so, <laughs> so this, the list goes the on. The list goes on. So how, so this Worried, kid work out Joe, Joe Burrow. The kid the kid <laughs> the, the kid just falls down and he's okay. I guess that's I guess that's what happens. Second thing, whenever this kid turns eighteen, whoever this kid is, because we haven't heard from him since that day. Whenever this kid turns eighteen and he can profit off this, do we think he goes public? Do we think we ever know, because, like, you can find his name. I'm not going to say it, but you can find his name. It's not hard to find out who the kid was. Do you think... Why did you go to try to figure out who the kid was? Because I, I didn't know how old the kid was. I thought maybe he was 18. Like, I couldn't... 18? Like, Big J. Jerlin, but Paul... Paul's, Paul's you know, I didn't know. Paul's I didn't know if he'd done anything. Paul He's is, a public figure. I'm, Paul is egging the kid's house. Yeah, if you don't yeah. think that kid's going to get, like, a vlog camera go out... To That's what zero, I mean. You like, think he's making content out of... Oh, yeah, like, what is. do you think his play is? He has to. Well, like, what's his play? Or does he just, like, Steve Bartman this thing and, like, go if, into oblivion? If you're his parents... Whoa. That's not a bad idea not, either, though. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm at. And that's what I was trying to find. But then I realized he's still... He's, like, 15 now. Would his parents have not capitalized at the time if there was a... Oh, no. He was, like... They could still sue the zoo. Like, who is he making money from, though, is what I'm saying. No, to, I'm saying he, like... Oh, as when as he's, as like, when he's like 18 or, like, old enough to vlog, he's, like, he... He's, you know, he's not Baby Gronk. He's the Harambe kid. First off, I need, I, need to, I need to address something in the chat. He was with a group of people. Like, he was on a, not a field trip, but he was with a babysitter. He wasn't with his actual parents. He then climbed up on the fence and then fell off the fence. And I don't know how you survive a 15, That's what 20 I'm feet saying. drop. But that, That's what I'm saying. But he did. And he didn't, he didn't come out, like, completely unscathed either. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the video. I mean, 
he was being dragged around by Harambe. Whoa, like they we had, know they that. Had, Whoa. They had to. Harambe was yeah. Harambe was being nice though about it. He wasn't being mean. Let me let uh, me let me defend Harambe for a second, please. Because there's not enough of it going around right now on Casey's side of things. If someone dropped 16 feet into my home, yeah, I'd do this. I'd act the same way. Yeah, damn right. Yeah, stand my ground. Stand your ground state, baby. This is a stand your ground state. Harambe did nothing wrong. Golly. What happened to advocacy for standing your ground? Huh? <laughs> Golly, what has this country come to? Speaking of that, Hammond Shall Acres. <laughs> Mr. President, take it away. We need to do ad reads. <laughs> that type of the show, the Hammond Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. All right, we've talked about the Bengals, and the Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There is also Pawnee Water, our great friends over at Pawnee. Fantastic water. It's made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. It uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website at pawneywater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. They are also the official water of the River's Edge concert series here in Hamilton. So if you're going to that, you can get some Pawnee water. Drink Pawnee water. Get your coffee from UDF. Bet with Bedfred. Get your technology solutions from Encore. Read. Any lead heads? Anybody like Led Zeppelin mm. in here? Well, they're the best band of all time, so you should like Led Zeppelin. There is a Led Zeppelin cover band this Thursday at River's Edge for free. You can get Tom out to a Zeppelin cover band? He does not like Zepp. Which is just ridiculous. There's got to be a cover band that Tom is all about that we can get. There is, to. there is a Rolling Stones. Tom's oh, a big Rolling Stones sure. guy. Listen, everyone talks about how is Rolling Stones, the Beatles, the greatest band. It's between the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. If, <laughs> if, if you, you're a deadhead. Huge. Did you go last night? No, I wish. I can't commit I to fully being a hippie. Like I can't. Like <laughs> I just, it's a, it's a lifestyle. I've man. been to a couple dead shows, done like the whole thing with the you know tie dye shirt and the scarf, and it's, it's a good time. It's like being a parrot head, right? You guys, you just gotta show up. It's like a shtick. It's a shtick concert. It, it is. It's an event. Everyone okay. is there for the the event. You know, everyone's in the same same headspace. I. Headspace. <laughs> that's, that's the way I'll put that. <laughs> the thing about Grateful Dead, I truly have listened to some of their music, not all of it. Because all my friends are big deadheads. And I, it's a full lifestyle. Like, all my friends have started listening to the Grateful Dead. And then, like, six months later, they have gotten tattoos of the Grateful Dead. I can't commit. I can't fully do that. So I just won't. So I'm just saying I never will. But as I was going to say about Led Zeppelin, if you take top three at every instrument in a band, you know, top three vocalist all time top three lead guitarist of all time top three bassists all time top three drummers of all time led zeppelin is top three in all of those robert plant's a top three jimmy page is top three john paul jones and bonzo all top three in their position and that's why they're one of the greatest bands if not the greatest band of all time you can see them this thursday if you like country music next week is the Wimmy diddle country concert here at river's edge if you like 49 winchester go listen to 49 winchester they'll be here next saturday i can't go though 
I'm a little, little disappointed in this. All right, it's time <laughs> to talk about Bengals. Jonah Williams, we didn't break into it yesterday. Casey, our resident Bengals expert. Jonah Williams, back at OTAs. Is he our starting right tackle this year? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think he is. Do I want him to be? Uh, I think he's the best option currently. Um, but you know, it, he's gonna start. He is owed twelve point six or twelve point three million dollars. So just with the money alone, that's a good enough argument to give him the starting reps there right at this moment. Um. Personally, I'm a fan of the man bun. Um, I know some of you were not a fan of it, but uh, I think he looks healthy right now. I, I, I think he, he's uh, been working out. He's been getting stronger. I think um, just based off of the interviews that we listened to yesterday, him talking about the situation, you can kind of see where he was coming from with requesting the trade. Um, I don't know what uh, is true and not true. There's probably some happy medium between the two of those things that actually happened, whether the Bengals didn't really reach back out to him, whether his agent um, and, and uh, Jonah, you know, made a hasty decision, whatever it may be the case. Um, I think now we're in a spot where Jonah is here to stay. I think Jonah is going to be the starting right tackle. He's obviously going to compete, but I think when you look at just the body of work, um, Jonah will be the guy moving forward. Is um, is twelve million too much of a cap hit for for this position? Especially like, what does this mean for Lyle Collins? Oh man, I mean, I if you were listening to the show. Back in March and April, where I wanted to just trade the guy because of the cap issue. Right. This is what I was trying to avoid because, in all honesty, I feel like I'd rather have Lael Collins there. He won't be ready for week one. But he won't – yeah, he won't be ready week one. I was willing to get by with Jackson or maybe a, a rookie. I won't say the rookie's name that I was wanting in the first round. <laughs> but uh, – Wait, who was that? I can't say because that guy, that guy, that guy is is rancid. He stinks now. Um, (laughs) Smells like dog crap. Anyways, speaking of dog crap, that new logo's dog crap stinks. Yeah, it does stink. Absolutely terrible. But this is the position we're in now, and I think honestly, I I could see the Bengals keeping Lael and Jonah. Um, I know we we heard conversations about. Um, Lael Collins contract and how it works how it's per game basis I don't know exactly the the details of it and how that all works out how much he's actually gonna get paid we can cut Lael with no money on the books right I I do know that but I like even if he's active on the roster there I thought there was something there like even if he's I'm sorry not not active like he's on injured reserve that he doesn't get paid like there's some there's some other like I find it hard to believe that he would start the season not on the active roster and also not cut. Well, that, that's my point. Is like, is, are we going to see him be on the IR for the first four weeks? 
I really genuinely don't see a world where Leo Collins is on the Bengals week one roster. I don't see it. Jonah Williams is going to be $12.6 million to play right tackle, and he is the right tackle whether you like it or not. You're not going to sit $12 million plus on the bench. You can cut Leo Collins without taking any money on the books. You keep them both. You're paying virtually a top five right tackle mm-hmm. for two guys. You can't play two right tackles. Mm-hmm. So you cut the guy that you can yeah. – I mean, you cut the guy that you don't have a commitment to on, on the books. You cut Leo Collins. You take the $8 million, $7 million, whatever it is. And you put it back into the team somewhere else. Man, and that's um, going to be a tough decision for them to make, It man. sucks, but it's the reality of the situation. But it I does seem that. like depth is always an issue with the offensive line. I, my opinion, that's what Jackson Carmen is. Okay. He's your swing tackle. All right. Okay, that's fair. I just think Lyle would be a little bit better, no? I mean, I, obviously I don't you don't want to – I with that. I mean, I, you don't want – I mean, it's, it's just question, do you want to keep money. a guy – Yeah, you're paying that guy a lot of money to be the depth. Um, and I would rather pay Leo Collins than just have $8 million. That's not what I'm saying. If, if there's a route for us to put that money back into the team somewhere else and improve this roster, I find it hard to believe that the best use of $8 million on a Super Bowl contender is a backup right tackle. Yeah. Sure. Currently, they have $15 million in cap, and we don't have any contracts that we don't have any info on where Joe Burrow's contract is, where T's contract is. You got to think about Logan Wilson's contract coming up. You got DJ Reader on the next offseason. What about Tyler Boyd? All these guys. Um, and I, $8 million. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the difference between 12 and 8 is not significant. Um, I think if I had the option... I'd rather have a healthy layout than a Jonah Williams, 100%. but but they're in a they're in a spot where I just I really didn't think that the Bengals would get to this point where they would be debating whether or not they should keep a starting caliber guy versus a potentially little better starting caliber guy. You know what I'm saying? Like and what they, a place to be in. We've yeah. come such a long way. I mean, this is what we hope we're doing with the Reds in a couple of years. I mean, we're kind of doing it now, but we're picking guys that are. Very, I mean, more than serviceable tackles. We're like, yeah, we got to compete for a Super Bowl. We were talking about winning five games three years ago. Like, this is great. I mean, yeah. these debates are great. It's awesome. It's exciting. It, it's, it's a new age of fandom here in town. And just to clarify, I think you did in the chat, someone was asking, is $8 million right ta- top right tackle? Money? No, you were I, talking about combined We would be contract. paying the right tackle position right. a top five. Amount. And one guy would be sitting yeah. on the Correct. bench. Correct. Um, Drew Garrison brings up the point that he says, listen, this year they don't need that $8 million. Absolutely. Um, it comes off the book next year, right? Yep. So is $8 million then worth, you know, making sure that you have a guy that you trust on the roster? It's, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Jacob, in the fact that I say that I can't imagine that you'd be having an $8 million backup player as the right tackle. I, I can't imagine that. But we saw the problems that the Bengals had last year and just the depth. Elliot alluded to that, and, and depth is always a problem. It's it's like baseball. You can never have too much pitching. Saying you have too much you know, depth at the offensive line, that ain't a real problem. Having too much money on the books is a real problem. So if there is a unique way to reinvest that money, as Jacob alluded to on the team, then yeah, you got to do it. Bengals have a lot of unique problems. And it's going to be interesting to see where we are three months from now when, I think it's exactly three months from a couple of days ago, the first game of the season against the Cleveland Browns is going to be. The Cleveland stink. 
The Cleveland stinks. Okay. I admittedly, I'm, I'm glad we were talking about this with Cleveland. Ja- uh, Jacob and I were sitting over there when the Browns put their new logo out the other day. Mm-hmm. I, I am on the record as saying that I am a terrible judge of what a good logo or a bad logo is as it relates to what the public thinks. Like, there's a lot of times. Cleveland loves their new logo, if that's what you're getting. I at. loved it. I think it's great. Well, yeah, so I looked at it right off the bat, and I was like, God, this is awesome. Like, it's so much better than a— Oh, you're saying people you thought people didn't like it? All the replies hated it. Oh, it was a unanimous— It was a unanimous, like, one out of ten from the replies. All the—every single Cleveland Browns fan that I've talked to, which is at least six of them, have adored it. Oh, okay. I think that makes right me take. feel that makes me feel better. You might have you, just been looking tw- in the wrong place. Yeah. Well, I was just in the t- I, I, Twitter. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just in the I was just in the Twitter replies of the tweet that was announcing it. I mean, there's guys like me saying that they the logo's literally dog shit. So, and yeah. we know we know my shtick. So, yeah, but I, I don't know. I because I, I thought it I thought it looked good, and it were at least way better than a helmet. Right, but better and than the elf. Better better being called way the Browns the and elf. your logo being way an orange helmet. Elf. The elf was bad too. Yeah, like I think that elf? logo looks good. I think that logo looks. Good. I like it. I like it a lot. If you ever want to get a Cleveland Browns fan angry, so I my friends were talking about if you notice the collar had eight spikes. Yeah, <clears throat> which was symbolic God. of this is so stupid. The Ravens <laughs> championships. You're ahead of me. Is is symbolic of their <laughs> eight NFL championships, which of course were before the Super Bowl. If you ever want to get a Browns fan mad, you ever in a point where you're like, man, these guys are annoying me, and they start talking about their history or anything like that, I'm like, no, that's the Ravens' history. <laughs> that Those Browns team, they left. They went out. And I know deep down, I know that they, they part of the deal is when they restarted the team is they get the history, as it often happens. But just it gets under their skin so quickly when you say that the Ravens have all of the Browns' former success. It works. I mean, it's just the easiest thing you could ever do. So please, I implore you to do that next time you're talking to an overheated Browns game. If the Bengals lose to the Browns that first week, I went to college in Northern Ohio. Every single one of my friends is a Browns fan from college. If they lose to the Browns week one, that is my personal hell. It is close to when the Cubs got swept at Wrigley Field over Memorial Day weekend by the Reds. It is very similar to that, except for it would mean a little more because there's only 17 games in an NFL season. So... Golly, why can't we beat the Browns? That Halloween loss last year was miserable. It was scary. It was scary. My my <laughs> friend um, just bought a house not too not too long before that game. And it's a beautiful home. Had us over. It was really excited. Him and his now fiance. Super excited to have us over. Let's watch the the Bengals Browns game. All in. We will never watch a Bengals game at that house again because of the memories that that game will bring up. Because good golly, Miss Molly, that game is, golly, why can't we beat the Browns? I'm over it. I'm over it. You know, you bring up, bring up something I just now thought of. I have not watched a Bengals game that was a losing game in my house. Because go. I got my house after Halloween. We signed the papers on Halloween. We didn't move in until November 1st or 2nd or something like that. Looks like we know where you're watching games this year. Yeah, where'd you watch the Chiefs game? I was there. I was at Oh, yeah, that's right. Duh, you guys were there. Yeah. Have you ever been colder than that game, Casey? Uh, I've been, I went to the Buffalo game. Was that colder? 
it was snowing the entire snowed, time. But it wasn't colder. It was like 15 degrees warmer. I guess you're right. Uh, yeah. I was super layered up and drinking lost, beer like crazy. Yeah, so. I lost my feet. I was fine up here. My feet lost all feeling in my feet like an hour before the game. And it was so cold that you'd get a beer. I think I told the story. You'd get a beer at the concession. And by the time you got back to your seat, it would be a slushy. Yeah. It was that cold. Any cold. beer on the on the rim of your thing, you know, leftover beer, slushy. So every time you're just drinking a, a, a slushy, a Budweiser, Miller Lite, I forget what whatever they had at the stadium, slushy. You'd be drinking Budweiser. I would be. Of right, right. Of course. <laughs> um, anything else on the docket? I. We got to yeah. go in the vault. I, oh, well, we got the stink list. Casey stink list. Yeah, and, and I got something too. So, yeah. So, we got, go we got a couple ball? of things. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Uh, so, I did not have a lot of time yesterday and the night before to really get into the nuggets and stuff. So, I kind of backed up and was spending some time. Or, well, I guess the night before when they won. So, I spent some time yesterday and, and this morning uh, getting caught up on the nuggets winning the title. I want to play this. Play these two clips. Casey, run the... Uh, this one? I Yeah, run this one first, and I sent you a second one, too. Okay. You know, nobody likes his uh, his job, or maybe they do. They're lying. Uh, you know, nobody likes his uh, his job, or maybe they do. They're lying. Uh, you know, nobody likes his uh, his job, or maybe they do. They're lying. Uh, you know. That's our guy, Nikola Jokic, basically saying, and... Eh, no Nobody likes their job. You just go out there. You do your own thing. You're just, you're just grinding. You're, brother, you are the best basketball player in the world, and all he wants to do, as we'll see right here, play this one, Casey. Um, you said after the Lakers win, you said you were surprised that you didn't feel more. So I'm curious what you are feeling right now and if you're looking forward to a parade coming up in Denver. When is parade? When is parade? Thursday. No. I need to go home. Hello. <laughs> okay. Uh. My guy was inconvenienced by winning the NBA title. He just wants to go home to those horses, man. His life was made worse by winning that title. I, honest to God, I think that he won that title in five games and was so pissed off. If you saw, there was a clip of him on the bench, like slamming the bench mad. I think he was mad because he didn't want to have to play another game. He wanted to get back home quicker. That's awesome. Do you think he'll be at the parade on Thursday? Yeah, he'll be there. Yeah, he wouldn't have been that disappointed if he – because he, he went on the postgame show and he said he was going to ask for a plane to get back home. I think he was going to ask the owner for a plane to get back home, you know, Friday. I, I believe it was Love Malika Andrews, so he, but she asked him if he was going to buy a horse whether they won or lost. He said either way, he buys a horse after every season. So He's, he, he's not going to – play for a long time then right? no like it's 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 until he makes enough money he's like yeah i'm good well, i think a lot of the foreign guys will play a lot less than you think i mean luca touched on it this year when they asked him about lebron when he broke the scoring record luca said i i have zero intention to play that long i think these guys <laughs> coming from overseas are more inclined to go home well and it's funny when you think about american players or you know players you follow in college mm -hmm. whoever that then go and play in these greek leagues or in turkey or whatever they play, they do whatever they need to do, but then they immediately come back to the States. And now you're thinking about this, and it's it's hard to wrap your mind around it, but these guys like Luka or like Jokic or any of the others, 
I wonder what it'll be for Wembenyama. I don't know how he'll like going down there to San Antonio. But these guys that come over here and they play, all they want to do is just go back home. I mean, you think about think about like when you work in you know Reed when you when you would work back in in like summer league baseball or whatever, mm-hmm. and you get to the end of the season and the guys are like, I just want to go back to college. You know, like they've played the two months. They had just come off their college season. You get to the end, and it's like, all right, well, now we got the playoffs too. And then now you got Jokic, and he's he was inconvenienced by winning the NBA title. My my brother played in the Division II College World Series. They played like 80 games that year, and they lost in the championship. And I go into the dugout. He's the last one in the dugout. And I walk up to him, and I like ex- half expected him to be crying. I expected him to just be distraught, and he's just got a smile on his face. And I'm like, What's up? And he's like, God, thank God it's over. Like I was, I was tired. He was at school for a month and a half after school ended, just going to baseball every day. He was 12 hours away from home. And he's just like, thank God it's over. I'm just happy to be home. So it's so funny. My, we used to always talk about Adam Dunn in my household because there's, there's quotes. I don't want to paraphrase from him, but essentially the theory was that Adam Dunn hated playing baseball. Obviously went to um, school to play football. Didn't make it as a football player. I think he was a quarterback. And he just wanted to play football. He just happened to be world-class at playing baseball. And they would talk to him about it from time to time. And he'd be like, yeah, I mean, it's just it's what it is. And he retired by the time he was 34, made $100 million, and was out of the game. Probably could have played for five or six more years. He's just like, I'm, I'm tired. Done with it. And it's just so funny that to some of these players, to some of these people, world-class players like Jokic, Jokic, my bad, that it is quite literally just a job to them. It is their God-given ability to do this thing. And it is the easiest way for them to give their family life-changing money. All of us, it was the game growing up. It was the way to get away from life. It was everything that you wanted to do, just weren't good enough at doing and to some of these players, they're just like, oh, I'd rather just have a nine to five. If I can make the same money at a nine to five office, go home to my wife, make the same money doing that as I do doing this, I would do it. But it's the easiest way to make money. It's just so funny that that yeah. is, we think of it as a game, but to some people, it truly is just their job. It's transactional. Right. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that was, I, I think that is a, a Andrew Luck. Yeah. He's just like, ah, I've made I, enough money. I'm, I'm not going to risk my life. Yeah, I think this. that's a little different just because it was injury. Yeah, he was destroyed. Yeah, he, he, he was ravaged. The Colts. But it, it comes down to, it, it comes back to the same thing. Like, he could have kept playing the game. So many people right. would, would play until they can't play anymore. You hear that all the time. But to some people, it's just, yeah, I'm ready. I, I oftentimes talk to, you know, a lot of people from this area make it into the minor leagues of baseball. And eventually, it's not that they don't get re-signed. They just quit. Uh, there's a, a kid from Baden, made it all the way to AAA and just stopped playing. And you ask him, he's just like, I'm ready to move on. I was like, you were so close to making it to the MLB. It's just like, I played baseball every day for six, six years and was making dirt money. Ready to move on. And it's hard to fathom it, but as I get older, I start to recognize it. When I was 19 years old, 20 years old, and the only thing on my mind was playing baseball all the time, 
you start to, you're like, man, these guys are crazy. Why would you want to go into the real world? Then, you know, you find someone you love and you've been doing this baseball thing. You don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You just want to start a family. You see it. You recognize it. Casey, stink list. The stink list. All of you know that are the OGs that I like to do this thing called a stink list, which ranks NFL teams, quarterbacks, players. And uh, today I have for you the NFL quarterbacks preseason stink list. Here we go. At the top, we have exquisite, delightful. There's only three. Nice, Paul. Mm, nice. Patrick Mahomes, um, number one. Even Joe Burrow admitted it himself. So yeah, I was whatever, gonna, whatever. I was going to ask you about that. Whatever Joe says goes. That's been my thought process throughout the Bengals. Whatever he says is the gospel, and I am uh, I'm going to listen to him just this one time, even though I disagree with him. <laughs> so uh, are you listening to him, or do you disagree with him? Well, I'm I'm listening to him, and I'm putting him there, but I disagree with it. I already disagree with it. So Joe Burrow should be number one, but whatever. Uh, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, honestly, I ha I put people at a very high expectations in, in quarterback play. Really, I only feel like there's two. The exquisites are Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Delightful is Jalen Hurts. But I put them all up there because I think Jalen Hurts, man, it, you just watch some of the games he played last year. I mean, he just slings it around, and the, no one can stop A.J. Brown. No one can stop him just throwing perfect dimes 50 yards down the field, and he can just run. And then that brings me to Josh Allen. So you had two two lists, two tiers, and one tier. It's tierception. Yeah, it's tierception. Okay. But they're the top three best quarterbacks in the league at the current moment. And we got Josh Allen at fresh, starting the fresh list. Josh Allen, um, I think he's got some flaws. They're not big flaws because he can, he can win you 13, 14 games in a season. But I do think that he relies a lot on digs. I think he relies a lot on his ability to run. And I'm just not a fan of him putting his body on the line like he does. Unlike another guy on that same tier list that I feel like doesn't put his body on the line as much, but runs around quite a bit. Um, but man, when you watch Josh Allen play, if you don't have a good game plan against this guy, he's just going to tear you up. Tear you up. Bengals did a really good job against them in the divisional round last year. And I feel like they had a pretty good game plan during the season against him. So I think the Bengals have got him figured out, but I still think the rest of the league is catching up. Then we got Trevor Lawrence. Um, all I got to say is he, yeah, all I gotta say is he came back, what, 0-30 to 30 and won a playoff game? Mm -hmm. Unlike the guy that's below him, Justin Herbert. Okay. Who I think can, he can really sling the ball around. But again, there's just something about having a uh, having a clutch factor or having a, uh, a factor that, you know, you got to win a playoff game, man. I, I can't put you in the top five if you haven't won a playoff game. Let me, yeah, so that's the that's the tilt there is Trevor Lawrence above Justin Herbert. That's, yeah. the, that, that's the difference between them two? Yeah, 
I would say that's probably the difference. I think the Chargers themselves have a way better roster than the Jaguars do. Mm. Way better. But, you know, uh, it's just, to me, I think if you haven't won a playoff game and you blew a playoff game by that margin, you can't be in the top five. I do think he deserves to be in the top 10, and he's number six, but we'll continue. Okay. Lamar Jackson. Um, I couldn't put him in the top five. Uh, I just – it would have been interesting to see him play against us in this wild card round. Casey, there, I, was, a, there was a time where you thought Tyler Huntley was a better quarterback than, <laughs> than Lamar Jackson. You pleaded oh, yeah. that case for a while. I did. I did make that case for a while. And so where does Tyler Huntley fall? Right behind Lamar Jackson or right in front of Lamar Jackson on this? Uh, he's odorless. He's odorless. But I, that was that was way back when. I mean, I think there's been a lot more evidence come about, and uh, I think I think there's a reason why Lamar Jackson's starting over Tyler Huntley. But to be fair, I really didn't want to put Lamar Jackson in fresh because I feel like there is something to be said about his injury problems. He doesn't get majorly hurt, but he, he doesn't take major blows. But it just seems like there's always this one really fluky play that gets him like hurt for a week or two. And then he decides to sit out the whole remainder of the season because of his contract. There's just <laughs> something there where it's like... But what about his I, MVP? His one MVP season. One? What do you mean his one MVP season? One his more one, MVP season his than one. His one MVP season, I think. He's younger. That, he's, I think, isn't he younger than Joe Burrow? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He and is. he's got an MVP, and Joe Burrow does not. Correct. Correct. Okay. But I just, I don't think he's better than the the top six guys. I mean, there's something to be said about the injury problem. There's something to be said that he cannot. I don't think there is a game. I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you this for a fact, but I don't think there is a game that he's played in where he's thrown oh actually no, he has. Never mind. The one Miami game he threw for over three hundred and fifty yards and four touchdowns, he was able to sling the ball around, but regardless, I just don't believe in his throwing ability as much as the top six guys. He's been I given don't think zero receivers. Zero. That's he also has a playoff win, and Herbert does not. That's fair. Rashad Bateman is his best receiver. That's fair. But if you're going to judge it based off of last season. Okay. If you're going to judge it based off last season, I would argue it needs to be lower. Okay, let's let's go into Geno. Yep. And then we'll start plucking. Instead of going through all 32 quarterbacks, we'll start plucking at different different people on this list because I've, I've got some thoughts. I've got yep. some constructive criticism over here. Yep. Uh, Geno Smith. I think he really he really showed what he was capable of. Or maybe it's not even really that. It's more of what Pete Carroll's capable of with the right guy mm -hmm. at quarterback. And let me tell you, Geno Smith, he was slinging the ball around, guys. And that team is young. That team, especially on the offensive line, super young. And I think next year they come out and they're scary, man. Especially with Njigba. I'm looking forward to the Seahawks this year a lot. Um, and plus, Geno Smith was the most accurate quarterback last season. He has to be in the top 10. It, I'm not fully in on the Geno Smith hype. It was funny last year when he was having the success that he was because for the longest time, people thought that Pete Carroll was holding back Russell Wilson. And then, you know, they split ways. 
Pete Carroll gets a perceived bad quarterback in Geno Smith, and he has his career year. Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos, who everyone thought was a quarterback away, and they stunk all season long. So it flipped from, was Pete Carroll holding Russell Wilson back, to was Russell Wilson holding Pete Carroll back? So that was funny. Let me see the list back up on the, the screen. Yep. You have Desmond Ritter <laughs> and other rookie... Can I, can I explain? C.J. Stroud? Is nine, that C.J. Stroud? Nine quarterbacks ahead of Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Tua, Kirk Rodgers. You would take C.J. Stroud right now over Aaron Rodgers. Yes. That's Rodgers only Guys, Rodgers only had several MVP seasons. Yeah. That is true. That is. <laughs> oh, guys, we're basing enough. this off of last season's work. Body so, of work. so the rookies have zero. Tua wasn't exactly. MVP. Exactly. That's why they're odorless. They don't stink yet. You Tua, to be, but you're taking Tua them, was o- an taking MVP them over that whole stink team. Tua Literally was not an MVP candidate. Team. He was an MVP he candidate. For the first eight weeks, and then he gets hurt, and then he's out of the conversation. Yeah. MVP, all right. Are you gaslighting it? concussions? What are you, Jordan yeah, what are you Love saying? Over Aaron I, said, I said Tua was an MVP candidate. I didn't have the chance to caveat it with before he got hurt, and you said, no, he isn't. Oh, wait, he was until he got hurt. And then when he came back, he stunk. <laughs> he stunk. Right. You, you've, seen, you've seen Concussion. Will Smith's a great actor. You know what's up. <sighs> I well, mean, regardless, even, the even Odo's category, right? I didn't, wanna, <laughs> I didn't even want to really rank the quarterbacks because they haven't had any body of work. So how can I say if they stink or if they're good or whatever? You put them above I, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because they, there's no body of work. There's no body of work to judge it off of. And last year's body of work for Aaron Rodgers stinks. I, stinks. I push back on that. I would, yeah, he almost he'll... made the playoffs. There were one he, yeah, and he playoffs. lost to the Lions. And the four Who do you think is great? Jordan Love stunk last year. What did you see from Jordan Love last year that puts him above Aaron Rodgers? When your best there's receiver, not, is, when your best enough, receiver is Christian Watson, you're not going to win a lot of football matches. There's not, there is not enough body of work for Jordan Love. Not yet. I would, again, I would, I would put, a, I would put him in stink though. If you had to give me, if you had to give me a redo on that, I'd put him in stink. Will Levis How should does be Jared, below not? Is that okay? Wait, so is that if Heineke? I, yeah. So if he has, oh, no. if oh. odorless is just oh, exactly what it is, doesn't smell good, doesn't smell bad. How have we not seen enough of Jared Goff or Matt Stafford to at least smell them? Jared Goff was great last year, and Are he's you, an odorless. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he was in, he was he was in, he was in stench. He was in stench last year. He really was bad before last year. Come on, I can't put him in fresh. But, did he take but a how team? Can you put did he take a team the to the rookies? Super Bowl? He did. He did. He needs one game. What are you talking games. about? He stunk. But a lot of that success <laughs> was based off of the rest of the team that was around him, and the same thing is happening right now. Casey, the Lions Will all Levis run. in odorless. You would have Will Levis over Aaron Rodgers. Sam Howell. Guys, you don't get it. Odorless, <laughs> odorless, odorless is a spot where I cannot either make a judgment call because you don't have enough film, or but then just don't or, put them on yeah, the list. Put it last or put them last. Well, then whatever. Then then the the just. Imagine everyone from Goff, Stafford, and Brock Purdy. So from Brock Purdy over to uh, Sam Howe, 
has its own individual category. Eight guys. Okay? You could have just you said rookies and put them rookies. at the bottom. You're, you're Correct. Not, you're not saying I'm those sorry. guys are better than Aaron Rodgers. Right I'm now. sorry. I made He's this list this not, morning. He said they do not smell. They do not smell right now. So this, but this it, isn't a ranking. I'm just is, clarifying. This, well, it is. It is. That's where it gets a little confusing. This Casey, take dicey, it away. Case. Huh? I'm, I'm just going to continue, right? Because the odorless category is making everyone frustrated. Just ignore the odorless category. Pretend it's not even there. Let's go on to stink. Aaron Rodgers. Bad. He, Four he, MVPs. <laughs> well, look Two at the, of the last three. Look at the ranking. Look at the ranking, though. He is. So if you're going to take the top two rows, right? That yeah. is top eight. And then Goff would be nine, Stafford ten. I'm putting Aaron Rodgers above Geno Smith. <laughs> so I'm putting two Rodgers. Rodgers at eleven is not bad though. And Rodgers did not play like a top ten quarterback last year. Plain and simple, he didn't. Otherwise, he would have won the game against the Lions. He would have been at a winning record. But no, he 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 was not himself last year. So I have to put him in stink, and he's at the top of stink, right? Then the rest of those guys, let's go to Tua. You have Tua can't stay healthy. Mac Jones I ahead don't... of Jimmy G? Yeah, that's crazy, too. Yeah, I do. Mac Jones is Kroger brand Derek Carr. You've been Mac Derek Jones. Carr. Mac Jones didn't have a fighting chance because Mac he had, Jones is a garbage he had a doofus calling plays last year. Mac Jones Matt Matt Patricia is a doofus. Matt Patricia is a doofus. He's a not even in the league, I don't think, anymore. Terrible, terrible coach. Mm. Mac Jones didn't even have a fighting chance. Tua doesn't have a chance because he keeps getting hurt. I, I don't know what to say about that. I can't put him in the top 10, guys. Like, you have Jacoby Brissett in the same list as Aaron Rodgers. He's not even – he's I do, the backup but, quarterback in Washington. But all these guys have some sort of problem with them that you just – like, it, it smells a little bit. Like, there's the, the Dak Prescott thing. He's just not good enough when it matters. Kirk Cousins, he can't play primetime games. We got a fidget you spinner. We had a guy that didn't have a fair chance with, with coaching. Derek Carr's been in the league, and he's not done anything except for one season. And then we got Ryan Tannehill, who, I mean, I I just don't like Ryan Tannehill, guys. I, I don't have a really good reason We're to, on board. for that. We're but on board. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, again, what he, he he's, he, what has he done? He's won a couple he's just, Super Bowls. He, he's not won a couple Super Bowls. He's he been has to a couple, couple Super Bowl rings. Sure he does. As a backup quarterback. Okay. He won them. I mean, but but Jimmy Garoppolo needed a team that was also built on on a on a on a pedestal because of the coaching staff and how great their play calling is. I so mean, the, uh, how is Geno Smith so high? His success is only because of that roster. No, are you kidding me? That offensive line was just as bad as the Bengals a couple years ago. Geno Smith is not a top. 10 starting quarterback in the NFL. Oh, yes, he is. That is crazy. Dude. He's going to even he, – he might even prove it again this year. And he then shouldn't start next year. Hell, yeah. You he should. won't start for the Seahawks next year. Not this season, yeah, the season I, after. He I will not start Juno for should Seahawks. be top 25. I can't Casey, even believe Casey, if, if you made a stink list of stink That's not even a hot take. With this, where would this one face? Because the chat is saying at the bottom of the stink this, list. This is the stinkiest stink list. This is the stinkiest stink list. I, I you know, this I is thought, nauseating. You know, there is I, a quarterback. When, not this on the list, list has been tweeted. This, this list, list has been tweeted out. There will be no positive replies. Zero. When Zero. I made Where's this Deshaun? list, when I made this list, <laughs> I really thought I was going to get like, man, Casey, this is a pretty good list. This is 
is oh, the best no. one yet. This is horrible, Casey. Apparently, I have done a major dis- disservice to to everyone. Well, what you needed this what, uh, this would have had at least a fighting chance if you had created a separate tier for the rookies. And which, I, I, I which you are now acknowledging, that. but you set it back, having to get it to that point. Was it part of your shtick, your brown stink shtick, to not include the two hundred and fifty million dollar predator that is Deshaun Watson? That would be correct. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Give us the nauseating list, and that's how we'll cap this off. Um, the nauseating list. Uh, I'm just tired of these guys hearing them in the media completely. Like, tired of the Baker Mayfield conversation. Zach Wilson just needs to shut up. Uh, Marcus Mariota, I don't even know why he's still in the league. And Sam Darnold, same thing for him. I, I just don't know why they even, like, are Sam they? Uh, oh, they're I not starting Darnold's quarterbacks. Close. He's going to start week one. You think Sam Darnold's going to start week one? I think Darnold's going to start week one. I don't think Purdy's going to be healthy. Trey Lance, who knows? I think Darnold's going to start week one. And I think he's going to show out with that offense. Ugh, I think. I think that'd be nauseating. Hey, so I have, a, I have a quick question for you. Yes. Take it off the list. We're yep, done looking we're, at the list. We're, we're going back. <laughs> if the Bengals uh, needed a quarterback to win a playoff game, your options are Geno Smith and Dak Prescott. Dak is about 35 spots behind Geno. Who, who do you take there? 35 spots behind Geno. Uh, you're the not, answer, you're by not the way, taking Geno And by the way, the answer is Dak Prescott. Yeah. Just no, I'm not taking Dak Prescott. Yes, you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yes, you I'm are. Not Dak why are you doing this? Why, why are you guys so fixated on Dak Prescott? Dak won a playoff game Not even Dak Prescott. Why are you guys such big Geno Smith haters? He's not. You're right. Good. You're right. Let's switch that with what, Aaron Rodgers. Let's, let's just Four look at the stats of Geno Smith. He's had a decade of bad play. He's had one season of good play. He's Brock Purdy. in the playoffs. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was a rookie last year. Yeah, Geno Smith basically Geno Smith was because well he was terrible for a decade. Geno Smith had an unfair shot playing for a Jets team coached by <laughs> Rex Ryan for all yeah, intents and purposes. Didn't and Rex Adam Ryan? Gase. Adam Gase was horrible. Adam Gase was the it, Jay Cutler whisperer. What are you Geno talking Smith about? Oh his jaw. Rex Ryan went to an oh AFC championship God, game. Oh my God, guys. He come went to a on. couple. Rex Ryan went to two AFC Championship games. Rex Ryan, Zach Taylor. Oh my God, <laughs> this is I cannot believe. If I had to put a stink list on, like, if I if there was a stink list of stink lists, this would be in the stinkiest spot of that stink list. Casey, okay, after the top five, your list is just objectively bad. After the top and I, five, and by the way, it's Casey, I'm so sorry. We're <laughs> saying this with love and respect. You know, we're being respectful, and and, and we have love when we say this. But that list is the single worst list ever comprised. Ever. Well, ever. guys, this is why it's called the stink list. Because you stink. Because they stink. <laughs> All these guys stink. Every one of these guys that I have passed odorless stink in some sort of fashion. I couldn't disagree more with that statement. Can we spin a lunch wheel to get this I back? just want this on the record that I am not clipping this out of the podcast, and I am not clipping this out of the YouTube show. Oh, it'll this be its own clip on stays. YouTube. Of course. This stays. I wouldn't want it any other way. Wouldn't want it any other this way. This may be the worst 15 minutes of television Ever. in the history of this show, <laughs> and there have been some bad 15 minutes, I but cannot, that was truly awful. I cannot wait to do a, a player court again on Geno Smith. Box court? The, box court, yes. Because, <laughs> box court? Yes. Uh, one of these shows, we're going to do trying? a box court on Geno Smith because the dude I will take was you the most efficient the quarterback case. last year, the most accurate quarterback last year. And he had one of the worst offensive lines last year. 
Give him a shot. five receiving core. Box court Friday. He has a top five Gino receiving Smith. core now. He had a top five receiving core last year. DK and Tyler Lockett are a top probably four or five duo. I could name I could name ten other guys that are <laughs> ten good duos? duos. Yes. Go. Okay, let's go. So we got the Bengals. Okay. We Eagles, Dolphins. We got the Eagles, Dolphins. Bills. Got the Bills. You're taking Gabe Davis over Tyler Lockett, and when we're talking duos, no. Okay. Who's, who's number two? In, who's number two in Minnesota? Jordan Addison now, but he wasn't last year. The Chargers. Osborne. Mike Evans. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. I'll take or, that. Or, or Mike, Mike Williams. Williams and Keenan Allen. I'll and then the that. Tampa Bay Bucks. Mike okay, Evans so what's that's five? Okay. All right, I'll, I'll move back to top ten. I think you're running out of options here. Let me just keep. Let me go through every team. I I I have a weird weird thought process here. Is it time for in the vault? Let's save yeah, this. Yeah, let's just course. let's just go into into the vault because All we're right. gonna save this for box. Let's box go, court. Casey. Let's go. We're gonna save this for box court. Friday on box lunch, so there will six. be a box court. Is it gonna be Jacob V V Casey? I can take Geno Smith down. Okay. Okay, we're gonna do box court on box lunch on Friday. So stay tuned, and then we'll cap it off with Jacob's. Uh, Stink list or chat list, chat power rankings. Chat power rankings. Yeah. We have Jacob. expanded it to 10, 10. Yeah, Ronnie Smith's not in the chat today. Ronnie, Ronnie Smith would be keeping us on task if he, would we, be if he was in the chat. <laughs> he Ronnie would Smith be. is glad he missed the show today. Um, let's go in the vault. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's that sound. <laughs> Going in the vault. Fancy. Let's in the go vault. in the vault. Look at that. Okay, so wait. I have a major, major bone to pick with Jacob. Jacob Me? sat here for 10 minutes yesterday and tried to convince 600 me. full seconds. Tried to convince me, and my brain was in a pretzel, and I think I kind of saw his premise. Oh, I stand by this. That betting fi over five and a half is worse than betting over six That's and a half. That's not what I said. In a hockey game. That's not what I said. That is what you conveyed to me. I said the number, when you're betting on overs in hockey, the number is a bad number when it's an odd number and a half. You want even and half. Because then it can hit six and a half hits at three to three. You get screwed on odd and a half. Not that it's better to bet six and a half, but when the over-under is an odd number and a half, you like to stay away from it betting hockey. So I sat there yesterday and I saw the Vegas and Florida Panthers at over five and a half. And I said, hey, give me the over in the Florida and Vegas game. And he said, oh, it's an odd and a half. I don't know if you want that. I said, so if it was six and a half, that'd be better. And he said, ah, yeah, you yes. might look at that one more. The final score was eight to three. Nine, wasn't it nine? So it would have hit over six and a half. It it also hit the over five and a half. Instead, I took the Phoenix Mercury. Who well, got then, that's killed. your own fault. That's on you. Who got killed? No, no one told you to take the Phoenix Mercury. Oh, man. Merchant of Death I, putting I, up I numbers. Actually, I actually think I did. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Let's go in the vault. In the vault. Um, let me I, – I got I got one pick. I think I'm going to go uh, Royals money line, Cubs money line. That's hmm. plus 229. I'm shocked, Reed. I'm shocked. <laughs>
Anyone else have some picks? So yesterday, did we already talk about uh, the zebra zillionaires? How I a didn't, little bit, yeah. We how I didn't, how I didn't actually tell you. <laughs> yeah. So Reed put on Twitter that he was riding the zebra zillionaires. He put a little soon emoji. He was going to be a zillionaire real soon. He put the wrong parlay on my parlay. If you tailed the zebra zillionaire parlay, won because the other half didn't play the game, but it won nonetheless. Reed parlayed the wrong team, the Red Sox. They lost. <laughs> And he lost like a loser. He's just a smelly little loser. And that's what happens to smelly losers. They lose. So tonight, I, don't, I haven't decided my entire one, but I know half of it's going to be the Astros. Half of it, we're still riding with the Astros. Minus 260, great value. Elliot, I'm not joking. That clip of you looking one way into the camera and then immediately the clip cutting to the opposite, opposite direction. I watched that like probably four times. That was so funny. So Astros, money line. We do need do to it. get Drew Garrison brings up a good point. We do need to get Slim Jesus in the studio. I if if you need to find him, he's posted up on Frank Block with his gang. Um, any other bets? Yeah, I got one. It's a it's a two leg parlay. Um, it's gonna be the, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds. Plus hmm. three twenty. I like that. I like who are the Pirates playing? Wait, wait, who are the Pirates playing again? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I just we like got the value. a stick okay. stealer. We got a stick stealer. <laughs> just like the value. You stole my stick with the two leg parlays. My my stick. I was trying to ride. I just didn't watch the video close enough. <laughs> no, but you parlayed the Royals. You had on your little on your little bet yesterday, you also had the Royals. Parlayed with the Cubs. Bro, I've been doing this shtick before you were even hired. Wrong, that wrong, wrong. I am the shtick king. No shtick. I invented the shtick. <laughs> Oh, I am the he is funnier than me. I Who has the shtick? No, crown don't say that. He is funnier. Than don't me. say that. No, I'm just being giving you, giving you. Who honest, has the shtick crown? Casey has some good shticks. Mm. Mm. This is really tough that I can't dive into the NBA or the NHL now. Just give a random. You bet. do know. You do know puck. Yeah. Nobody are, knows puck. puck. Remember that week when Seho got real hot? Oh, he just baby. he knew puck better than anybody. No one puck is so cool. Just an all time dude move to know puck. All right, here we go. Give me, uh, give me the uh, uh, Oakland A's plus two twenty five against the Rays. Keep the streak. Alive. Keep the streak alive. Reverse reverse boycott last night. They got I think it was twenty seven thousand fans. Yeah, that clip was electric. The the one where they're all silent during the whole first batter. Yeah, I love that. Love to see it. Jo Jolly Jolly asked the question, what's the opening song for Led Zepp cover band at River's Edge on Thursday? It's called Zeppelin 2, so I imagine they're oh. just going to play Zeppelin 2, the track list. So I would assume Whole lot of Love, which is a great way to start a concert. So, Casey, you got a bet? So I've got actually a couple different things I'm looking at here. Obviously, a Reds Moneyline win. Um, I, think the, I think the under might be a safe bet but that's not what i'm going to suggest what i'm going to suggest it's not out yet I'm going to suggest ben lively strikeouts mm. i think it's going to come out low it's going to be a little too low i mean the dude for the last five games has had five strikeouts or more kind of like i kind of like I like it if it's at four and a half okay which will probably be very high odds okay that's what I'm going with. Married, not married yet. I like that. That was a good one, Paul. That was actually not me. I think that was you. I made that? Well, it was no, whoever was, was sitting there. So oh, that was Casey. That was, that was Casey. It was not me. I'm not I'm not I'm not working the keys over here. Are you kidding me? Well, it was sitting here when I when I got here. Mm. Do we okay. have a cherry on top? Ooh, uh we did. 
Why we why we get one ready? Elliot, the series is now at three to one, right? Correct. The Z, are you you're referring to the Zebra Zillionaire series? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Three to one. Don't let you win this game. I've heard people calling Elliot. 2016 LeBron James. There's a Don't let you. Well, it'd be 2004 yeah, there, Red Sox. He's down there's a, there's a there's a there's a there's a real chance I get very hot soon. And if that were to happen, I would feel very sorry for those who a didn't ride and b the Bedford Sportsbook, which is the best sportsbook of all time. I would feel very bad for those two things there, because I'm if I'm hot, there's no one stopping me. I I am the hottest of all time when I'm hot. Thoughts on that? You are hot, Elliot. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. But by the way, so what's <laughs> going to happen if you didn't? If you don't know, if 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 I were to lose, which I won't because I'm hot, they will take me out to the streets and they will dump water all over me, shower and I will shame. take the shower of shame. It can be. I could bring a bell in. We can do the Game of Thrones lady, who also is in Ted Lasso. By the way, yes, the shame yeah. lady is the Rebecca uh, Welton of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Fun yeah. fact. Yeah. I'm gonna watch Ted Lasso. I'm I'm out I'm out on the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, that's a big word. The, the Are there any albums I need to listen to? Are there any new rap albums or country albums no. that I need to listen What's to? What's the Justin Bieber one with Baby? That's an album you need to listen to. That's a good. That's album. a great one. It's a good listen to. All right, here we go. This oh, is from, cherry on top. this is from the other night. Run the cherry on top. Uh, yep. We went overtime. It's noon. I wasn't even looking at the clock. That's what happens. We're just having, having fun, fun with your friends. Yeah, Paul. having fun with our friends. This is Three, John two, Sterling from the other night. A pop foul <laughs> back here. Ow. Look out. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. So once again, it'll be a 3-2. And Holmes ready to deal. A ground ball to third. Donaldson squares. Throws to first. In time. Ball game over. Yankees win. The <laughs> Yankees win. You know, that foul ball actually right. hit me. It kind of glanced off my forehead. Back it up. Though I yeah, took one for the team. Okay. Now the 3 2 swung on. A pop foul. Look out. Look out. Here. Oh, oh. oh no. Wow. Tommy Thrall dodged that foul ball. It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. So one. I've never caught a foul ball, and John Sterling gets hit in the forehead with one. That ain't fair. He's been to a lot more ball games than me. Just a few. It's true. I said ball games again. Dollar in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> that jar is overflowing. Uh, man. Oh man! One all right. Day, one day we'll be able to buy jollies, like like the like the from away jolly from Jolly Jolly's family, not just lunch one day with all these dollars in the jar. Guys, thanks for for putting up with us. We had fun these past two hours. Tom will be back tomorrow, but. This is our two-hour show. We'll be uh, Friday. We got a looks like we've got a, a courtroom drama going on between Jacob. You you weren't around for box box court, but we'll we'll fill you in on the details. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, oh, I've seen it. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll do box court style on box lunch Friday. We'll have the chat power rankings by Jacob on Friday, but Tom will be back tomorrow. Tracy Jones, best half hour. You know how the Thursdays go, but anyways, this has been off the bench here on Chatterbox Sports. We'll see you tomorrow.